Recording in progress. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good hello, depending hello. on the time and place in which you are digesting this uh, this week's episode of Hashtag Uncensored. Welcome to the program. The date today is January the 18th, and I'm joined by my esteemed colleagues, DJ Reddy Fox and No Better Nina. Good hello, everyone. Good hello. Uh, we're not saying Happy New Year uh, nope. By the way, uh, we also uh, have a special guest who is joining us on the recording today, singer, <laughs> model, actress. Actress? <laughs> actress? You guys just marks. couldn't let it go, eh? <laughs> it's, uh, uh, it's so rude. <laughs> <laughs> winner, winner for Best Original Song at the 10th <laughs> Annual Canadian Screen Awards in 2022. Uh, for a song she wrote with Casey. You're going to pronounce that last name for me. MQ. MQ. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, listen, this is a, this woman is a deck, highly decorated. Uh, veteran. Veteran. Talent who's been around veteran. for many, 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 many uh, you know, many years doing lots of great things, not only for herself, but providing a platform to uplift other artists around the city, an incredible person, somebody I, I, I'm privileged to call a friend of mine. Miss Tika Simone is joining us as our special guest for the show today. Welcome, Tika. Thank you. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> uh, thank you for having me. Thanks no, for being no, here. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, so we'll have an opportunity to, to do more of a deep dive into you know, the work that she's done, where she's at now, what she's got coming up later on in the program. But she's also going to be weighing in on the, you know, the plethora of topics. Hot topics. Issues. Oh, yeah. Hot <laughs> right. takes and such, you know, Newsweek, this week's headlines and pol political gaffes and, you know, all the all the great stuff. So um, strap in, lock in. Uh, how's your week? How was your um, week, by the way, been so far, uh, Nina? Um, to, oh, kind of make sure you're all right. Check it. Oh, <laughs> I came out the gate swinging in soccer this week. Uh oh, not one, not two, not three, but four goals against the first place team. Hey, wow. I was like, holy! Even the ref was like, "Bro, you're on fire today." I'm like, "Wow!" But wow. like, you yeah. know, when like it's a hard team, it feels like you really earned it. Like, I was mm. so happy. I'm at 14 goals for the season and only nine games. Please in. tell me you won the game. Wow, got myself on. Did the you guys back win end. though? Of course, five oh, okay. two. Oh, that would have been that <laughs> so would have just stank for you to have so all those cool. goals in a losing effort. So that's good. Nice, yeah. Nina. So where do you usually play soccer? Oh, it's in a indoor um, indoor place in Vaughn. So it's cool. like yeah, but um, yeah, that was that was the highlight of my week, and it was the best Monday ever. Nice. Well, dang. <laughs> have you been playing for a long time? Since I was five, yeah. Wow, but I that's suffered so cool. some um, major knee injuries. Yeah. I tore both my ACLs, and oh, actually, no. the day no. after Monday, we had no we had no subs this game too on Monday. So like, mm -hmm. I was just going the whole time. Wow. And on Tuesday, I could not walk up the stairs properly. My <laughs> knees were fucked. So, like, I was like, oh, maybe I'm really getting old. Don't <laughs> no. kill me. Don't kill me. Sick. So and you play with your nails? 
Yeah, I play with my nails. Yeah, are there? Well, you don't really need. Yeah, yeah. I'm not goalie, so you ever scratch on a point? Are you? Somebody's eye, like if you're if you're getting a fight, just juke out their eyes. No, but a girl scratched me actually a couple weeks ago with her. She left a big scratch mark on my arms. It was an accident though. So, but Nina's down to throw hands, just so you know about Nina. Like she doesn't hesitate. Yeah, yeah. She does not hesitate. If she has to throw hands, she throws. Yeah, she'll throw. And it's an it's an all female soccer team. Yeah, all females. All yeah. female league. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. That's really dope. I love yeah, that. thank you. How was your but week, yeah. Tika? Um, it was busy. It was really, really good. I'm preparing for a show on the third, so I'm doing like a lot of uh huh? What's I wouldn't wait to save it for the show, but it's okay, keep going. Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. But yeah, well, give, no, us the, give us the give us the give us the Coles notes, the high level stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like I mean I'm doing a show called Futuristic Nostalgia and it um it's happening on February 3rd. And so I'm just doing like a lot of prep and chatting with the headliners. Um, they're called Pharaoh. They're two uh, Somali sisters from Rexdale. And mm. um, yeah, it's just really awesome. I've known them for many, many years, uh, but it's just like nice to be like reintroduced to them again. So, you know, we're having a lot of like really in-depth chats about the industry, what it's like being in the industry, now out of the industry, newly independent. Um, so yeah, my week has been inundated with like a lot of calls, texts, emails, you know, interviews, conversations. Did like, you happen to fly out to the jungle uh, by by chance uh, anytime this week? Why? What's going on in the jungle? <laughs> Nothing. I'm saying like the the it sounds Tika like cold talk. disappeared one day yeah. and she like, came back and she's like, yeah, I just had to go out and make some music in the desert. Oh yeah, I do that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was like, what? What jungle? Yeah, no, I, I, I mean, the jungle is missing me, but yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll give context. So I'm a film composer by day, so I make music for TV and film, and sometimes it requires me to like find like different really weird sonic mm-hmm. sounds in like various places. So sometimes I'll just drive out or go out with a friend to like different inanimate spaces and like, record I went sounds. To Texas and record sounds. So I went to El Paso, Texas, and this film calls for, like, really industrial and strange sounds, and yeah, I made some really dope tracks with it, but, like, it's just, yeah, 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 it's solitaire got to hear, but, like, it's just, um, I don't know, it's just one of the practices that I've adopted, and um, most of the people in my my composer pool, we all kind of have weird uh, quirks like this, you know what I mean? That's cool. Yeah. It's interesting. That's very yeah. cool. Yeah. So it's not like sample based, right? Like you don't mm-hmm. want that kind of like, uh, I don't want teethed sounds. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we're, right. we're expending all the gold here. Like, oh, uh, we, as a matter of fact, we should get going because uh, this is this is kind of a, a Herculean effort recording this. So, <laughs> so we're locking in for, for the next couple hours to get okay. the show going. Um, so um, ready? How's your week? Fine. Good. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. <laughs> no, that's that's. Uh... Ready? Where are you from? I uh, my uh, born here. My parents are from Jamaica. Both of them. Yep. Both of them. Yeah. Yeah. By way of Great Britain. <laughs> no. <laughs> I think they were just hardback, straight out the oh. mountain soil. <laughs> Jamaican. She said, "By way of, by way, of Great Britain, what? because his accent is very like Storshaw's Jamaican. Oh, it's it? not like I didn't even know not, I had an accent. The, you do. It's it's a it's a very Storshaw's uptone. Oh, type of that's Jamaican. amazing. Thank you. <laughs> that is so nice. That. I didn't even know I had an accent at all, or whatever. I thought I was just the most hardback Canadian sounding, no, Jamaican Sorry. born. But yeah, no. great. I'll take it." 
Nice. Yeah, it's not it's not Jamaican like hard body Jamaican, right? But you can tell that you're definitely from an island. But oh, I couldn't wow. tell like which one. I couldn't pinpoint. That, I was like, is it Montserrat? That is the <laughs> highlight of my week right now because I that's great. I'll take that. We need to bring Tuka back more often, like, <laughs> much more. All right. Well, um, let's. Uh, we're gonna get into the radio por- uh, portion. No cursing. Okay. Yeah. Sure. No cursing. You know. Um. You good I to go? I think we're ready. Yeah, I think we're good to go. Okay, here we go. Good morning, people out there. Everybody listening in Radio Land, you're tuned into Vibe 105, number one for hip hop, R&B, and the culture. And right now, you're listening to hashtag it's Saturday, January the 21st. Yours truly, Solitaire, DJ Ready Fox, No Better Nina. We are in the space. To bring you uh, this week's news and current events and political discussions and all sorts of stuff, uh, we're excited to jump right into it. Uh, but without, before we continue with this introduction, today we are joined by a very special guest. I'm privileged to call her a dear friend of mine, but she's also an acclaimed actress, singer. <laughs> <laughs> I <was> like. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It's so shady. Actress, singer, <laughs> model, musician, um, nominated or winner, I should say, of the best model. original song uh, at the tenth annual Canadian Awards <laughs> for 2022 uh, for a film called And Then We Don't. She actually co-wrote a song that was featured in the film called Learn to Swim. Uh, she's a creator, a curator. And just an all-around amazing individual from our city. Please welcome Tika Simone. Hey. Who will be joining us for the program today. How you doing this Sorry. morning, Tika? How you feeling? Um, I'm feeling wonderful. I feel good. I'm chilling, vibing. Catching a vibe, catching a vibe. We are, we are blessed to have you, uh, you know, as you're, you're actually, you are our first guest for 2023 and our first guest oh. in a long time really no yeah damn we popping off the year right Shoot. yeah all yeah, right yeah. hey <laughs> and it was you know just a you know brief background i mean i've known tika for a number of years back when mm-hmm. uh, she was uh, actually a co-host on a program on mtv canada when they first launched that so mm-hmm. just to show you how far back we go but um <laughs> we will definitely be getting into a conversation with her later on in the program to talk about the amazing things that she's done, what she's working on now, what she's got coming up. One of them, which I'm really excited uh, for us to be able to announce, which is this event called Futuristic Nostalgia that's happening on Friday, uh, February the 3rd. Maybe you can give us a brief uh, a brief synopsis of what that show is all about, Tika. Mm-hmm, totally. It's uh, So basically, Futuristic Nostalgia is like, um it's a showcase series and it's just like a performance of uh black people with a special prioritization for black girls so like all black girl lineup um with the exclusion of i think one girl who's um a brown in (laughs) which is (laughs) we'll allow that we'll allow that no that's that's totally acceptable like there's of course um so yeah like the headliners are faro they're two somali sisters from rexdale and um, I'm going to host. I'm also going to do a, a live set myself, but like, it's just really great. Like we have a mentorship program like a week before. Um, yeah. so we get to kind of like teach all the, the performers, like how to 
how to perform. Like yeah. also we do like sound bath meditations. We're going to be doing vision boarding Amazing. with these performers and just kind of like get them to collaborate with each other a little bit more and create more of a network in the city. And that's so perfect because, you know, one of the things that I don't think people know enough about Tika and the work that she's done is she's literally uh, curated events and provided platforms for up and coming artists to have a space to cut their teeth on, mm-hmm. on having performances. So this is so in line <laughs> with the work that you've been doing for so many years. So we're going to give you your flowers on this show here today. Um, so we're happy to have you on the program. Um now, of course, we've got a lot to discuss. Uh, we've got some have you heards uh, on the docket for today. Uh, first and foremost, you should really start thinking about cutting back on your alcohol consumption. And I'm talking to you who thinks <laughs> that you don't really consume a lot of alcohol. Uh, you probably are in more danger than you think. We'll talk Uh-oh. about that. Uh, also, people seem to be stealing groceries like hotcakes and snitching on themselves on Twitter for some strange <laughs> reason because uh, grocery prices are uh, too damn astronomical. high. Astronomical. Astronomical. <laughs> we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, and politics as usual, uh, we're going to follow up on our conversation from last week about mental health. Uh, Tika, we want to actually ask you your thoughts about what you think about the Bell's Let's Talk social media campaign. Um, and we're also going to talk a little bit about Doug Ford, who will be Doug Ford. And again, uh, this time he's playing around with Ontario's healthcare system, trying to privatize it in a slick way. We'll talk a little bit about that. In music news, Funkmaster Flex says he's considering playing Takashi Six Nine's music again. Excuse me, I don't. <laughs> I I, I want to hear the reasoning behind that, but I kind of don't. I'm just annoyed hearing about that. Um, and uh, of course, we've got a black a special edition of our Black Owned Spotlight today. Hashtag Sports finishing off the program with no better take. Now, as per usual, right about now, we're going to get into our first segment of the show. It's time for this week's edition of Have You Heard? A look at this week's headline news. Let's go! Hashtag presents Have You Heard? Only on 5105. Now, I don't know if you've been following, uh, you know, for the last few months, and probably, I guess, over the course of the last year, grocery prices have obviously been, you know, slowly on the increase you know somebody posted a picture the other day on twitter about like a pack of five chicken breasts cost like thirty dollars uh tika have you had any experiences uh noticing this uh, severe increase in grocery prices has this been yeah i was um i was over by weston road in lawrence and i stopped by the jamaican grocery store there and i went to go pick up a box of patties and I was uh, flabbergasted when I went to <laughs> when I went to the uh, the cashier, and she, you know, boldly announced it was twenty four ninety nine for a box of twelve patties. And I was like, so it's I'm like carry the one. It's how many? How much for per patty? Like I was like, this is quite a. Quite now, a markup. Now, now, in your experience, from what I'm usually accustomed to mm-hmm. for twelve ninety nine, like now, now, like, in your experience, sort of Dijon in, beef in there or something. Who knows? Right, that. right. In, right. In, that ex- in that experience, did you feel the need to grab that box of patties and run out the door without paying? Did I that- always, I always, 
always steal from the grocery store. <laughs> I can't believe she just said that. Amazing. I'm dead ass. <laughs> well, guess what? You are not alone. So apparently there is a... Amazing. There is a, there's I a... really think, and I'm just going to say this, that people that are underserved, marginalized, and Black should get their bread <laughs> and get their food Okay, however they need to get it. Hey, I, I just got to say it I'm now. I'm not mad. If you, if you saw something, you saw nothing. Tika's <laughs> opinions do not reflect those of our a sponsors of Vibe 105, BX Exchange, Guys, the whole night. But hey, I understand. It's, where where else are people going to get food? Yeah. Well, well, here's an interesting uh, to written. Well, <laughs> this is not from me, but this is from Dr. Sylvain Charlebois, who is a media commentator and a senior director at the agri-foods analytics lab he actually got into a little bit of controversy because when people were tweeting about stealing their their expensive groceries he said um he tweeted out you think it's appropriate to shoplift while grocery shopping just because you think food prices are too high crazy oh (laughs) and uh needless to say he was he was he was well and gathered. <laughs> he was well and gathered online by a few people who tweeted uh, and got at him. One of them saying, "You think it's appropriate to raise food prices while people starve? Crazy." <laughs> and there's a lot of people who are you know feeling the same way as you who are advocating for you know if they're if you're poor and uh, marginalized and you're stealing groceries so that you don't starve. Um, people should definitely turn the other way for it. But then the other argument is that we all end up in the long run paying for stolen groceries because according to uh, <laughs> according to some industry data, uh, the average uh, average size food retail store has between two thousand and five thousand dollars worth of groceries stolen per week. And obviously, mm. to cover those losses, they're going to raise mm. prices. So in the end, we all in you know in indirectly end up yeah but they're not specifying what grocery store this is is this metro i'm sure it's not no frills i know it's not no frills i know it i I know i was first thing i was thinking was i know it ain't happening at no frills is it iga it sounds like an iga take i like let's have a real conversation i bet your theft is low at dollarama real low right right we're not gonna sit here and pretend like you know you haven't snatched a grape in the produce section or I might have stacked on some almonds, you know what I'm saying? In the bulk in the bulk barn section of the of the grocery store, you know? Snatchy snatchy. Can I say I I I'm just, just gonna mad. say I know I understand why people are doing it. Can I just say for you guys out there again, yeah. I'm not necessarily encouraging you guys, but don't mm-hmm. post it on social media. Okay, yeah, that's a little much. Guys... Like I don't announce like I mean, you know, I don't announce to the world that you guys you know, are gonna. I mean, you kind of just did. You, you did. Just... <laughs> you already did. Too late. I mean, you know, it's okay. Like my friends know. Like it's not. It's not a secret. They're just like, oh, there she goes with that salami. Yeah, don't like... put it on the gram. Just don't put it on the gram. My motto okay. is needs and not greed. Okay. Amen. I hear you. Well, I so do, that means... I, I just think that we're living in like such a precarious time. Like people yeah. are struggling with rent prices. People are struggling with food prices. People are struggling. Yeah. People are struggling with everything. You know rent, food, food, with gas. Everything. Rent, food, and gas are the three main things. Actually, we were talking about this last week about how Canadians yes. are feeling negative about the economy, which you can't really blame them. So just 
we we all asked each other last week just out of the three what has been stressing you out the most in terms of your finances has it been housing gas prices or food prices or is it just like all three are kicking your ass Oh, is that for me? Yeah, for you. Yeah. Um, I mo- I moved to like I relocated to Montreal, and one of the re- and this was in 20, 2019, 20, 2019. Yeah, I moved to Montreal in like maybe a little bit before actually. But the reason why I moved is because when that Toronto Life um, article came out about Toronto being named one of the highest cultural cities in the world, or named like one of the top cities to live in the world, and I was just like, who wrote this? And I just <laughs> knew that it was going to change the discourse of housing in our city. I knew it was going to change everything, you know, like uh, very, very high profile celebrities also live in Toronto. Like, so it became like a cultural hotspot. And Mm. when that happens, what normally happens is the marginalized are forced out of their homes Mm. and then things become gentrified. And I already had predicted that. So I moved. I took up my tings. I took up my Mary Poppins bag. And I was like, all right, peace. I'm going to Montreal. And when I did that, everyone's like, you're crazy. I'm like, am I? Because I'm pretty sure things are about to get a little astronomical for you. Well, you were right. I know, as I usually am. I am the Oracle. But I mean, normally, like when these things occur, um, the people that suffer are you know, the people within our community that we love and that we know and that are like, you know, steady working on the ground or have like the little mom and pop shops and whatever. So, yeah, yeah, I would say rent was one of the major things. It wasn't, I think food is like big now, but it was Mm -hmm. rent and gas for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Initially, I would say. Wow. So, uh, yeah, I listen, if you need to, you know, steal a pack of rice and, you know, just just don't tweet about it. That's all we're asking about. You know, you just got to make sure you keep that on the low. Why would you do that? Why would you even do that? Uh, I want to move on to uh, another story. Well, I want to come. Well, come back to the social media thing. I'm going to say that for another time. But I want to talk about this new. Uh, this new announcement that was made by the Canadian Center on Substance Use and Addiction, they recently released uh, um, the results of of some studies that are telling us that we need to start putting cancer warning labels on alcohol uh, and that no amount of alcohol is safe and that consuming any more than two drinks a week is risky. Mm. Have you heard about this report? Yes. 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 No. And, and what? You, no, Tika, you haven't. I have not heard this. Report. It just came out like yesterday. Yeah. yeah so it, you, you've been like busy working and week. stuff. So well, just, that, as I down my fourth glass of red wine for the day, no <laughs> joking. But like, it's like <laughs> that's really weird. Really. So, so the last time that the the Canadian I don't know Senate, who's reporting these things. It's the question well, I have. Well, it's it's on the it's on it's actually on the on a government website. Like the the results of the report and gives the details about how they came to their conclusion. But the last time that this um. This policy was updated was in 2011, and at the time, it was recommended that no more than 15 drinks per week for men and 10 drinks per week for women, and that was, you know, to reduce long-term health risks. But this new uh, advice reflects the thousands of studies that have been taken in the last decade that link even smaller amounts of alcohol to several types of cancer. So they're saying three to six drinks per week increases the risk of developing certain cancers, including colorectal and breast cancer. 
And that more than seven drinks a week also increases your risk of heart disease and stroke. And they say the danger goes up with every additional drink. Now, according to statistics, 17% of Canadians consume three to six drinks a week and 40% uh, more than six drinks a week. Way to go, Canada. Wow. (laughs) So So and and just just for reference, Canada gets it in. What's that? I think that that makes sense because I mean, if, um, if now we're in a space where we're questioning like, uh, organic foods and like how important they are during a time like this. And, you know, if grapes are not getting, um, you know, the, the right types of nutrients and they're like inundated with like pesticides and mm-hmm. that's yeah. what we're using to make wine, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. I could see why. Um, you know, non-organic like wine or liquor would be considered as like highly cancerous at this point. When well, back that, in the day, I thought it was just last week people were saying, "Oh, it's good for your heart." Drink the thank two glasses you. of wine. I was just right. gonna say that too because so for, now they're gonna say, "Okay, it's the organic wine." Six That's drinks the wine a week. That we must drink forty percent of Canadians six drinks a week. That actually would have sounded fine to right. me before this whole yeah, thing. Yeah, because they're saying it was saying fifty. They were saying fifteen drinks per week. That's was, a lot. Was fine. Yeah, let me just go pick up my my grape juice. Eh? <laughs> well, like... I mean, to, to be clear, so a, a drink is basically like a, a standard drink is considered seventeen milliliters or thirteen approximately grams of pure alcohol. So you're talking about one drink is like a bottle of beer or a bottle of wine or a glass of wine. So it's mm-hmm. like you know you're having like three to six glasses of wine. When you think about it in that term, that's not really a lot of alcohol. Mm-mm. You know, it's a consume on a weekly basis, but they're saying that the 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 increase. But you brought up an interesting point about mm-hmm. it being like non organic or GMO or however they're mm-hmm. growing the grapes. I wonder how much of the process of producing alcohol and the I guess the carcinogens or what have you that are in it. Um, Come on, education. Carcinogens. Carcinogens. So, uh, see, a little about me is whenever I learn a new word, I use it in it. I like I inundate my life with it for nice. the week, and I am just <laughs> I just annoy people. So, what is it? Carcin carcinogen. Carcinogens. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. On education, we love it. Well, you know, I'm trying to That's try to educate the people yeah. out there. So, <laughs> so a couple, a couple of key points. Uh, basically, they're saying that the continuum of risk associated with weekly alcohol use. You know, obviously, if you don't drink anything, you're not endangering yourself. But two two glasses a week, you're likely to avoid alcohol-related consequences. Mm. But three to six, you're risking uh, certain types of cancers, seven or, or more uh, heart disease or stroke. And then each additional drink increases the risk of alcohol-related consequences. So it's it, it's hearing this does it what's an alcohol related consequence sex oh like you becoming <laughs> becoming violent becoming violent getting into fights getting into domestic disputes like that there's all oh. yeah, yeah not <laughs> not not, than en- just not the, enjoyable <laughs> yeah not enjoyable yeah okay right. so um I, I and i'm wondering if this is kind of uh you know, because they're saying there was a huge increase, obviously, during the pandemic of uh, people who are consuming alcohol, um, you know, and, and I, I'm wondering if this is kind of like a way to to shock people into really paying attention to how much alcohol they're consuming. Does this do you think this is going to alter your behavior in any way, Tika? I'll ask you first. Before what do you mean in terms of like how I drink? Like, like hearing hearing this, does that does that make you like? 
kind of take pause and be like, well, maybe I should kind of, I mean, I don't know if you were that avid of a drinker to begin with. I'm really not. Like I, here's a little about me. I have two drinks and I'm a lush. I really don't (laughs) drink like that. I really, (laughs) two glasses of wine and I'm like, hey, oh wow, the the side music. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's what, what, that's how it is. That's what it's like. But I, I just, um, I'm not a drinker. I would say like, I used to be, more of a of a marijuana user but like even now like i'm i don't know i'm kind of high on life right now like i don't really drink like that well well that's good that's gonna keep that's gonna severely reduce your risk of uh perhaps being exposed to cancer so uh let us know ladies and gentlemen if you are uh, if this is gonna affect your behavior we want to we want to hear from you hit us up on our socials at vibe at hashtag vibe on a five but we've got to pay some bills and when we come back after the break we're gonna be talking politics as usual Doug Ford dugging with our healthcare system after the break, right here on hashtag. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely. When I read that, I was like, "Wow!" I mean, I kind of thought back to, and I'm like you, Teek. Like, I, I mean, I'm, I'm a, I'm a binge drinker. <laughs> That means that I couldn't. It's because we're Scorpios. A, a, I, I wouldn't say that. Wait, what did you say? It's because we're Scorpios. It's one extreme. Are we every... all Scorpio? Oh, you're a Scorpio too? Oh, yeah. Ready, man. You're outnumbered. That's <laughs> good. I'm fine with it. Ready, what are you? Please? Aquarius. I'm an Aquarius. Oh, of course you are. Yeah. <laughs> so when, I, when I say I'm a binge drinker, what I mean is I, I don't have, I don't like, I can not drink for weeks, months. I yeah. Can, but if I'm going to drink, I'm going to drink all of the drinks. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so you, know? you, have, you have a problem. <laughs> oh, a problem. But at the same, see, here's the thing. Like, it, it's a party with intention. I can still go to a place w- full of alcohol and not drink at all. Like, it's not, it's not a, I'm not compelled to drink. But if I'm going out and like, yo, tonight I'm going to have some drinks. I'm Tonight, drinking it all. I'm, I'm drinking all. I mean, yeah, like I, I guess, like, but I'm also not the kind of person to be like, you know what? I'm not going to do anything for a while, and then one random Monday, I'm going to be like, I'm going to go to Blue Mountain and jump off the lift. Like it's so <laughs> dramatic. Like I just don't understand. Mm-hmm. It's the Scorpio in you. I'm telling. you. I know it's so or one extreme intense. or the other. Yeah, <laughs> it, does it makes sense. I could I could mod I could moderate though. Like I mean, and especially now again, like I definitely don't drink anywhere near to what I used to. Like but, it's way, way yeah, more yeah. civilized. Like I'll have like two, you know, I'll have two drinks and I'll be like, all right, cool. I got a chill, you're chill. Yeah, but you, are you are you a, a, an October Scorpio Sully? Oh no, no. I'm in the middle are of the you month. Mean? No. Thank God. November, November, November nineteenth. When's your when's yours? Fifth. Oh, oh, so, oh, yeah. So yeah, you guys are all come together. Yeah. But have you guys not been seeing <laughs> stories, though? Um, younger people, I guess, whatever mm. this next generation coming up, what do they call Gen Z Gen or whatever? Z? Gen Z. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they're actually finding trends that they're drinking less. They're finding yeah. more and what? more people that are like actually abstaining from drinking at you know all. No, because they're popping pills. Oh, I hope not. Yeah, I exactly hope that's not that. Is that say, what's but... going on? No, but it's, it's actually a, a genuine concern, especially for the obviously the alcohol industry or whatever. Is that if you have a new Stop. generation of um, young people coming up that are abstaining from drinking, 
that obviously that's going to kill their bottom line. Or Wait, whatever. when did you guys start drinking? How old? <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. Right, uh, like I, just want to know I'm <laughs> I think the first time I had a, the, honestly, the first time well, the first I time you got beer, drunk, not even just a drink, like the first, like when did you start getting drunk? First time, oh, first I, got time I got drunk, drunk was nine. I was nineteen. Yeah, uh, oh. I was. I want to say fifteen, sixteen, somewhere around there. I okay, so this is kind of embarrassing. I was the girl in school that when people were smoking, I was like. You like that is absolutely like I'm gonna call disgusting. the principal. <laughs> right, that was a million percent me. Like I was like, this is like I know your mother. Like <laughs> so, I didn't start drinking um, maybe until like 2022. 20, oh yeah. shit! Well, yeah, I was late. I was late. I'm close with ready, but I was 14. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. I, I have no in Ottawa. There's nothing to do there. Oh so no just way. Drunk anyways, we would literally town. go behind just... the movie theater on a Friday night and just Uh-oh. get drunk, blackout Uh-oh. drunk. Behind the movie theater. Listen, yeah. if there's one thing I've learned in my travels is there's nobody that can hold a candle to small town drinkers. If you're if you're sitting, they don't have anything else than, to do. If Bro. your city has less than like fifty thousand yeah. people. No, listen. We used to go. We used to get drunk at school. This is so. This is what grade nine. We used to get drunk at school, like seven a.m. at our lockers drinking. So then, when I moved here in grade ten, remember telling my friends, and I was like, "Yo, crazy!" Trust me, I was like, "Yo, guys, we used to do this all the time in Ottawa." They're like, "Should we do it one day?" I'm like, "Yeah." So there was four (laughs) of us. We had art class together in second period. Somehow I lucked out, and I had supply teachers (laughs) the whole day. So we met at my locker at seven forty-five. Started taking shots. Blastered by nine thirty in the morning. <laughs> like, oh Nina, I've never done that. Fucked. I'll tell you, it was actually <laughs> fucked. Mm. But like, you, you know what? It's funny because literally, when you say spicy. that, <laughs> when you say when you say that, I actually have flashba- flashbacks to moments in high school where I'm like, "Yo, what the fuck is wrong with this guy?" Right, yeah, I'm right, probably right, fucking right, right. drunk. Here, here, my mom is I, thinking I'm safe at school and I'm fucking wasted. Yeah, are you I, serious? I, I definitely was not thinking. A, I was in high school. I was. I was like Tika. Not, not, I wasn't like, you know, I wasn't, actually, no, I was sconning people who were smoking too. I was like, yeah. Was just, but I was not, I was like, I was definitely like a, a, a square square in high school. So really? I was, I was not drinking at all. I, although I was, I will say that the first time I had a beer was at like a grade six yep. birthday party <laughs> where the, my friend's dad, oh my the girls were downstairs and we Uh-oh. were, in the living room, and Things he gave us all a beer. He gave us all a beer. Wow! Like each or just oh, yeah, one yeah. to share? Oh yeah, each of us. Wow! Didn't it taste yeah. like hot shit when you drank? Like it? Exactly. Hot ass. It was disgusting. Beer is disgusting. Was it a, was it a white man? I hate beer too. Still to this day, I still hate it. Of course, of course. Yeah. People love, always used to tell me too now. when I was younger, "Oh, you're gonna grow to love beer. Just wait till you get it's older." It's actually nasty. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. Yeah. It's actually so. I've definitely come to rotten French fries. I've definitely oh my come God. to <laughs> liquid beer. That's all it is. Just liquid beer. Okay, so oh, Nina, this is who you're giving me. Oh no, I'm scared. Is it going <laughs> to no. be another Muppet? Yeah. <laughs> this is... <laughs> no, but it's accurate. Like that's the joke. Like I'm like, she oh my says... God. Okay, so this is you. I'm waiting. This is Reddy. <laughs> okay, this is re- not bad. I like this one. <laughs> it's a girly Muppet. You're Janice. Yeah. I didn't even we have to describe these ready? pictures. Okay, nice. <laughs> Who's that again? That's Grover. <laughs> Grover. Yes, that's Grover. I yes. love Grover. The, yeah, Tika, you are Tika. You're killing me right now. <laughs> what? When, you, 
now that now that I'm not the only one on the hot seat, I'm like, yeah, I kind of do see that. Yeah, it's okay. I'll embrace my Grover fully, Kermit. So well, I'm Grover's good with a rude it. boy. Grover's <laughs> rude, so I don't mind it. Grover's yeah. a rude boy. Grover's a rude boy. Grover definitely holds down Sesame Street. That's facts. Oh, All right. But is this not is this not like a million percent like? Yeah. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're accurate. Because yeah. <laughs> you know, sometimes Sally, I look at you and I'm like, I just don't know who you are. Like, but then I, it ain't easy I being green. It, out, I, it ain't easy being green. When I figured it out, I was like, yes, it's him. <laughs> I'll allow it. And, and in context, and now, right? The same, the same temperament. In, in context, <laughs> I will allow it. In context, I will allow it. Okay. Yeah. So, anyway, let's jump back. In, let's jump back into yeah, the radio. Just let me get my timer here set. Okay, I'm all good. So you're good to go. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So let's get back into it. Okay. Welcome back to the program. You tuned into Vibe 105's own hashtag, featuring yours truly, Solitaire DJ Ready Fox, No Better Nina, and our special special guest, my special friend. Tika Simone is joining us for the program today. Um, don't forget, coming up later in the show, we've got music news. We've got a special edition hey. of this week's Black-Owned Spotlight. Hey, Solitaire, let's ask Nina and Reddy how our week was since you, you just totally uh, <laughs> ignored us in the uh, beginning there since we have a little time now. Oh, uh, your week was fine. I know your week was fine. But how was your week, Nina and Reddy? Go ahead, um, Nina. My week was good. I was talking earlier that I scored four goals. Oh, oh that's game. why. That's why you wanted to brag on air. That's yep. why not? Sure no, it's true. Yeah, no, no. Sure sure it against against the first place me. team. Have to talk about that. Yep, against the first place team with no subs. I patted myself on the back very heavily that day. You should. And you should. Uh, yeah, that was that was it. That's the highlight of my week. I'm still wow. talking about it. So, <laughs> well, well, here you know, just to kind of put you uh, put a little, uh, you know wig in your plans uh how how long do we have to uh acknowledge your four goals is this kind of like a new year's thing like now that you've said it the day the week of do we get to stop talking about it done after the next game okay the next game is next week so it's done after the next game so tika tika we we have a we're in dispute with uh with this uh wishing people happy new year and nina is disgusted with anybody who says happy new two weeks after no, two after days. January 2nd. Oh, after, after January 2nd. Sorry. She's like, after two weeks. Two days. It was also a very weird New Year. It was, was it? kind of a weird New Year. It was kind of sus. Like, I, I'm kind of like, I don't really want anyone to wish me a happy New Year. <laughs> okay. I don't want to know. You know what? Though? Yeah. I was saying it was pe- a su- It was a sus New Year, no? You know, I was That's saying like- to people on New Year's, though, because uh, usually when, when it is New Year's Eve, you kind of like, good riddance to whatever this year is like you're looking forward to like getting it in the rear view kind of thing but i didn't really feel that way with 2022 it wasn't like a super horrible year per se especially not compared to you know 2020 and 2021 or whatever but i felt like 2022 was was just okay it wasn't like a horrible year i wasn't like feeling like good riddance to it getting it in the rear is that a common phrase i don't know in the rear view or whatever you in know the rear I mean. view yeah the, re- no. the rear view tika in the <laughs> rear view yeah. mirror like looking back you know what i mean reflecting on what's happened <laughs> in the year in review oh my god okay <laughs> 
I'm just, I was just clearing that up. <laughs> well, thank you for clearing that thank up you. and making we sure our syntax it. and grammar <laughs> is correct. Um, we've got a little bit more, uh, obviously a lot more program left. Like I said, a special edition of this week's black on spotlight, hashtag sports, no better take. But right now I'm going to pass the microphone over to my brother from another mother, Reddy Fox to take us through this week's politics as usual. What's the big story this week? It's time for a deep dive. 360 Luck. Hashtag presents politics as usual. Politics as usual. Okay, okay, okay. Lots to discuss. But what are your priorities, Ready Fox? What do you want to cover? Uh, yeah. You know what, though? Doug Ford, he's a waste Dougie. premier, you know. He's a waste premier. I don't, I'm trying to... <laughs> Try to say it in a nice way because I don't want to like say he's like an F, an F boy or something like that. But he's a waste premier. He is like, it's been nonstop with this guy from the day he took office or whatever. So uh, Merritt Styles, everyone, that's the name that uh, I want to just plant in everyone's heads. Merritt Styles, she's the new NDP leader, and hopefully um, she'll give Doug a run for his money the next election. So Doug Ford okay. is changing uh, or making changes to the Ontario healthcare system, which has got a lot of people up in a tizzy. So. We'll talk about that in a sec, but um, we're going to revisit our conversation from last week about mental health issues. Now that um, Tika's here, I want to ask her some questions about it. Um, and also, though, I'm going to start this off just a really quick tidbit here or whatever. This story broke this week, and we're going to keep an eye on this and see how it plays out. But a U of T student is suing Toronto police for $1.6 million after yes. he was allegedly, I guess we have to say allegedly or whatever, tasered by officers as well as they had his hand i think they had him handcuffed and a knee on his neck at the time when they were tasering him or whatever so um yeah. they had him pinned down he was a university of toronto student um they repeatedly tasered him on the ground with his hands behind his head uh before getting his identification to prove that he was not the person that they were looking for in the first place so um this just felt like a whole defonte miller thing all over again mm-hmm. um so we're gonna keep an eye on this this is still a very fresh story and um, mm-hmm. you just you know what it is when police in- investigate police like there's I don't know we we never see the justice that we want to see but um we'll see mm-hmm. how it plays out especially after the fact that last year the police chief who's now gone fully admitted that police have been you know disproportionately targeting black uh, citizens in the in the city and all that making that racial formal. profiling is a real thing yeah it's a real thing a lot of people will still try to argue with you and say that it's not though unfortunately so we'll see how that goes mm-hmm. but um we're going to keep an eye on that case so um mental health we're going to talk about that for a bit we were talking about it last week with bell let's talk but i'm just going to reiterate some of the uh, stats that we uh, mentioned from last week um approximately 20 percent of canadian youth are affected by mental health disorders um in 2011 11 percent of 15 to 24 year olds reported experiencing depression. Um, Between 2008 to 2019, among youth, there was a 61% increase in emergency department visits, 60% increase in hospitalizations for mental health disorders. Um, Suicide is the second leading cause of death among youth and young adults between the ages of 15 and 34. And Mm -hmm. in Canada, only one out of five children receive appropriate mental health services and again this always makes me think back to the story i think they're going to be voting for this um approved or this uh proposed budget by uh, john tory where he wants to give the police another 48 million dollars for whatever reason i don't know but they had their first meeting this week that just passed in terms of opening it up to the public to speak on it and a lot of people are saying they would rather see that money go towards mental health initiatives instead of just more cops on the street which is not going to solve anything so um, we're going to see how that goes. So while we were prepping for the show, knowing that Tika was going to be here with us, 
with us. I started to do some research. I actually found a quote from you, Tika, from uh, June 2018. Um, you said, music was the vehicle for learning how to describe your trauma, disassociation, depression, and overall mental illness. I find it less embarrassing to sing about my pain in a language that everyone can understand versus being misunderstood in a regular conversation. That really struck a nerve with me, too, because we always talk about mm. this on the show about have we made any progress in the society about how we talk about mental health? And um, I'll just even to let you know right now, take myself, I, I have at least a family member who deals with uh, bipolar. So I know how she feels about trying to talk to people about it. And she's very particular about the people mm -hmm. she does talk about it. So I wanted to ask you, Tika, um, how do you feel? we do as a society when it comes to discussing mental health issues? Hmm. Um, well, I mean, it's kind of a layered question, but like I would say particularly in the black community, I think that we still struggle with having like open dialogue and vulnerable conversation about our traumas. I think, mm -hmm. I think the younger people are a lot more open. I think mm -hmm. they know how to open up and I think that they have more than enough resources and accessibility to know how to navigate being honest about their pain. Mm. But I think the older generation are still kind of struggling with navigating, finding the tools to uh, open up or to feel safe to open up or to feel comfortable to open up or just absolutely have no idea how to do that work. Right. You know what I mean? So um, <clears throat> I think that things are changing though. Like I, I've noticed like, a change um even in my my immediate family like i mean there's certain family members in my family that are really really trying yeah really trying um older family members to kind of like be more vulnerable and and be more um i guess forthcoming about their feelings yeah but mm -hmm. it's just um i think it's the discomfort of the feelings itself i think that the feelings kind of uh you know, I, I feel like there's, there, there has to be, you have to be able to hold space for the feelings. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And if the person doesn't feel safe enough to open up to you to then place their feelings in your hands, you know what I mean? They're just not going to do it. But I think it's, I, I just think it's, I think it's the feelings. I think that they're overwhelming. I think they don't know what occurs afterwards. So they kind of avoid it. You know what I mean? I don't want to generalize, but that that's one of the things that I've noticed is that it's kind of like uncommon to be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. So yes. it's like, I don't really know um, if I like, I don't know how to, I don't know how to do it. And you, you know what I mean? But you found it easier to do it through your music though. Yes, because I think, well, there's, it's a couple of, it's a couple of things here. So like one of the things, um, that I talk really openly about is that I was in like a lot of uh, just like really terrible relationships in my twenties. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the things that I noticed is that if I couldn't sing around the person, it's a good chance that I'm, I'm not um, safe around that person or I don't trust that person. And that's mm -hmm. how I was able to kind of like navigate my own internal compass in terms of like abusive relationships or navigating like relationships that just weren't for me. Mm. Um, so music has kind of helped me uh, just in terms of being able to feel my feelings, like being a singer requires a, a great deal of um, conscious vulnerability. It's like, I say that. Yeah. 
Yeah, like you kind of, it's one of the most vulnerable practices to be able to just sing around somebody, much less just sing, right? Mm -hmm. Like, so um, when I'm singing at times, it's like I can feel my emotions quite comfortably. And when I'm on stage, there's like the beauty of like identification and exchange. Yeah. So then it doesn't feel so unsafe anymore. It's like, okay, I'm safe to kind of unpack here. Right. Um, And then... What happened after that is once I started performing more, then I became more comfortable with navigating conversations. And I also found the language to describe what I felt. Right. Yeah. But before I didn't really know how I felt like it was too, it was just too strange and, and too foreign for me. Right. You know what I mean? and, and I think, you know, not to, you know, not to step on that line, but I think you're, you're identifying an important discussion because I don't think that we really, uh, we were so regimented with the idea of not being vulnerable, being strong, like, you know, strong yes. black woman and, you know, black don't crack and all of these things that, you know, we're really kind of trained to be mm -hmm. able to, to take the pressure and turn ourselves into diamonds where I think right. this generation is a lot more inclined to be like, you know, well, I, I don't have to be a diamond. I can be, you know, vulnerable. I can be a lot more empathetic to to circumstances because like you acknowledge like you know times are strange times we're living in you know right. it's it's you know the, i think a lot of these ideals are changing i, th I feel like i, I have so yeah go, did, Sorry, go did you want to add to that go ahead tika no i was just gonna say that like yeah totally i think i think that um times are definitely changing um you know i also think that in toronto specifically it's like there's a lot of um, people from the Caribbean and people from like, obviously like, uh, Africa, you know what I'm saying? And so in terms of like emotional output and in terms of vulnerability, I think that we're the race that struggle the most with mm -hmm. being able to be honest about how we feel. There's not like a lot of space, um, for people to hold space of support you know what i mean like such a shame in, too especially for the generational yeah. trauma especially for african-americans in the states obviously that generational yeah. trauma that they're dealing with and not finding ways to properly process it is just yeah. going to perpetuate the ongoing trauma into the next generation and whatnot but i wanted to ask nina real quick too like how, like yeah. is, it, is it a comfortable thing with like the younger guys with you guys talking about mental health issues it's not i feel like it's been more of a taboo thing for the older set like myself and tika and solitaire but for the younger guys like nina and your friends is it a comfortable thing with you guys when it comes to it's not necessarily a taboo or an uncomfortable thing to talk about mental health yeah, I think a lot of, like, maybe when we were in high school and stuff, it still was. But, like, as we got older, like, definitely now, like, I feel like, like, my friends, like, everyone talks about, like, like, it's not taboo to, like, go to therapy or, like, like, talk about what you're struggling with and stuff like that. And, like, you know, uh, so I, I think, yeah, like, when I was younger, though, in high school, it still pretty much was but then yeah. as we got older like like taboo to talk about it yeah mm. but then towards like the end of high school and then into university it was definitely a lot more open and the discussions are way more like i guess open and easier to have in that aspect right. now mm -hmm. have you seen this nina as well too i saw a story this week and i was gonna just touch on it a bit with the mental health conversation that they're they're finding an uptick and um, younger people, teenagers, self-diagnosing themselves with disorders based on what they're seeing, especially from TikTok videos. They've been yep. seeing a lot, of, a lot of videos of people saying that they have Tourette syndrome or tics or any other, uh, you know, a yep. mental health issue that 
And again, the problem with the pandemic has made or that we're still dealing with today is that people don't have the normal access to services the way they did before. It's like it really takes pretty much a serious emergency now for people to consider going to the hospital unless you already had a procedure, which we'll probably Mm -hmm. talk about with the Doug Ford stuff a little later. But um, they're finding that kids are seeing other people talking about issues that they're dealing with. And now they're kind of self-diagnosing themselves with these orders. And they're finding in most cases they're not correct in themselves, diagnosing themselves this way. But it's a fine line that they're trying to walk in terms of respecting someone who's trying to tell them how you they feel and what they're dealing with and trying to say, you know, like we like I hear you, but I don't think you have what you feel you have. But so have you have you noticed that like a lot of TikTok mm-hmm. videos about people talking about having Tourette's or depression or tick or any mental I've health seen, issues? Yeah, I've seen for, uh, yeah, like multiple personality disorder, bipolar, yeah. disorder, yeah. like all those kind of things. And then I'll watch them and I catch myself sometimes too watching them. And I'm like, I have these symptoms, but right. the <laughs> caption always says like, just because you have these symptoms doesn't mean you have this. Like, so, like not always. Some people will write that, though. Like, like don't think you actually have it if just because some of the symptoms match up. But I definitely see a lot of it, and it definitely catches me slipping sometimes. Right. But I, yeah, always... I do that, too. I'm a bit of a yeah. hypochondriac. So whenever I'm like, oh, my God, you know, something's wrong, I head straight to right. WebMD. I'm like, oh, my God, it's yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, <laughs> And look, we're all older stuff. So imagine now a 14-year-old that's seeing this kind of stuff on, like, social media. They're way more impressionable so, you know, they're probably going to run with it, well, too, when they see this. It's kind of layered, right? Like, because it's like, on one hand, I, I've i gone to the doctor after I've been like a hypochondriac and been like, I'm pretty sure I have like this list of things that I've seen on the internet. And then my doctor's like, calm down, you're fine. Mm-hmm. But then there's like, <laughs> then there's the argument that, you know, as black people or as people of color, You know, if you don't have a doctor who's black or a person of color that is able to identify with you or if you don't have a doctor that has grown up with you, you know what I'm saying? It's like then there's the argument surrounding is that person ignoring what it is that you're saying because of like your skin complexion. There's there's so many different nuances when it comes like the two truths can actually exist. Yeah, Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. If I if I uh, misdiagnose myself, it doesn't then mean that I don't have anything. It might right. mean that I'm, I'm misdiagnosing myself. It could be something else. Yeah, and you still have but, to do a little more exploration. Right. Yeah. But if somebody is not even willing to do that work, then you kind of have to question, are you just trying to get me out of here to see the next COVID patient? Right. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Solitaire, did you have that's any? Exact, and, yeah, that's exactly what it is. I mean, I don't trust doctors. I can see that <laughs> in your face. I don't trust doctors. Okay. Um, it's so hard. I can't know. imagine not trusting doctors. You've just had bad experiences with doctors, I imagine, Solitaire. Yeah, man. Here's the interesting thing. I had a, like, I've had two family doctors growing up, mm-hmm. and they were actually, they were good people. And, you, you know, like, you know, I was, went to see them my entire life. But what mm-hmm. I got to what I came to find find when I got older is it was I never you know you would go like okay I have a I have a you know I have a rash or whatever and it was always like okay here's antibiotic it's like oh you have a rash here's something that's going to remove the rash but I'm Mm -hmm. like but why am I getting the rash and there was (laughs) never really an answer to how do you prevent (laughs) these conditions right it was always like just enough to something topical get rid of it you yeah. know what i mean and it was never and like 
trying mm-hmm. to find other underlying causes was never at the root of of going to the doctor. Right. It was always have you just like, uh, have you ever considered seeing a naturopath? I did, but I didn't have the patience for it because you know naturopathy <laughs> is like it takes a long yeah. time. And number one, number one, number two, it's not covered under. I know. I was about to <laughs> you know that. what I mean. So it was like. <laughs> It was at a time I, I was introduced to it at a time when, you know, my pockets were tight. And right. I was like, I went down, it was like the first visit was $60. Yeah, and then I went, yeah. like, here, buy this bee pollen. And it was like right. $80. And I was like, mm, I can't afford natural. Yeah. Okay. You're like, I but, care about my health, but I'm just going to drink this wine. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but I mean, that was a you. I don't, I mean, it was definitely something that I would, you know, consider like re- referring to more often. But my mm-hmm. thing is, I just try to stay as healthy as I possibly, you know, stay as active and as healthy, eat as healthy as I possibly can. So I don't have to even do that. Okay. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. just to pivot then from the conversation about uh, people self-diagnosing through what they see on social media, just to in general social media, because that's something else that we talk about on the show quite a bit. Um, I'm always trying to champion people to get off of it a little more in terms of the amount of time you spend on social media and whatnot. But just overall, Tika, um, what's your relationship mm-hmm. like with social media? Is it like a love-hate relationship for you? Or like, oh my God. just how do you feel about social media in general? I mean, I love social media um, a lot and maybe quite too much. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm I'm deeply in, in love with social media. But I have my... my um, my apps of choice, like I love an Instagram. You know okay. what I mean? What what are That's what are your my... favorites? Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat. I imagine. No, I, I'm not really on the TikTok like that. Like okay. I'll watch a one-two video, but I'm like, and I'm like, huh? you know. And then I'm, I'm, <laughs> I feel like you. I feel off. like you and TikTok are almost a match made in Everyone heaven. Everyone says this, and yeah. I'm just like not really in at that. If you have to get the right algorithm, you got to watch more than two videos. Once you hit the algorithm, you'll be eight hours deep. Hold on, no, don't no, listen I, to I me. I have. I watch <laughs> prank videos all the time. Like I love seeing like the couples pranking each other i think that's super cute no. listen uh, i, I don't mean for ones. you to watch videos on tiktok i'm saying you as a content creator as because a content creator. yeah because oh, you're myself. you're like so dynamic and you have a lot to <laughs> offer or whatever that i think your tiktok <laughs> account would just be phenomenal Blowing and all up. that stuff or whatever and i i also feel like just for what it. you do in terms of being in the public eye and you know you're making yeah. music and all that that it's almost like almost a job requirement for artists to yeah. have to have social media of some sort or whatever but just overall do I you mean, go ahead my personality is like i like to pre the scene with the gangsterine i'm not really in at that <laughs> but like i <laughs> i'm actually quite incognito so i'm more like you know behind the scenes but right. i i feel you like i i i <sighs> gotta figure out how to navigate it like it's not it's really not my um my by the way nina by the way tika simone is the slang queen you're gonna come to find <laughs> she's got the zingers and the dingers the one-liners <laughs> you're dying. okay so just just i'm gonna wrap this up real quick because i just want to touch on the doug ford stuff real quick just so overall mm-hmm. though tika if you if you were like the the empress of the planet earth and we had a chance to do a do-over for social media what would you change about social media what would you what would you do differently if we had a chance to do a do over? Mm. Mm. Oh man. I'll, um, I'll tell you one of the answers that we've given in the past to this question is please. that um we would remove anonymity. That's 
Garrett, that's the first thing we've always said. We feel <laughs> anonymity makes it too easy for people to talk too recklessly on social media. So, reckless. Yeah, super reckless. So um, personally, myself, if I were in charge, I would put time limits on how often you can access the app, which I guess I know is completely antithetical to the business model for what these guys are doing for social media. Mm. But um, just people can't help themselves in terms of the amount of screen time they do. So if I were trying to be a responsible social media company, I would try to limit people's access to my app for their own health, but no you're one's going to do that. You're saving society. 100%. Yeah, but no one's going to do that. <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I mean, I guess uh, the only thing that I would change is the, uh, you know, the whole Twitter thing with the, the paid for check marks. Like, yeah. That was so sus. That was so sus. Yeah. It's been and a hot everybody mess was there. Like, I'm, I'm verified. No, I'm verified. Yeah. I'm like, this is crazy. Yeah. Verified but this is like, Thanks, Elon. Exactly. Verified <laughs> for, for life. Crazy. Anyways, we're gonna. I'm gonna move on real quick because we only have a few minutes left in uh, politics as usual. But we're all gonna keep an eye on what's happening here with Doug Ford. Again, like I said, he's a waste premier. He's been mm-hmm. just from day one. It's been either there's been like strikes or there's been protests and all that stuff. So now he's looking to expand the uh, private healthcare system in Ontario. A lot of people are not feeling good about this. So um, Doug Ford will increase the limit on private healthcare clinics uh, to allow them to operate in Ontario. Uh, expanding uh, private delivery of healthcare, including uh, cataract surgeries, MRIs, CT scans, colonoscopies, hip and knee replacements, and other procedures to ease the pressures on the hospital system. Now, we all have been hearing about the Canadian healthcare system being on the verge of collapse. Uh, we have a staff shortage. They've been looking for nurses everywhere. Wait times at emergency rooms have gone up. They've had to actually shut down emergency rooms because mm-hmm. of staff shortages as well. So, now, Doug Ford is saying that he's doing this to ease the pressures on the um, healthcare system, but a lot of people are saying, critics, basically, this is going to create a two-tier system, and what it's actually going to do is gonna, it's going to pull people out of the uh, public healthcare system and into the private system, so there'll be less people available in the public system, and the wait times will still be as bad as they are, if not worse. So mm-hmm. um, on Monday is when uh, Doug Ford and uh, Health Minister Sylvia Jones announced their three-step plan for um, introducing this uh, private health care system, this hybrid public-private health care system. Stage mm-hmm. one will be adding 14,000 cataract surgeries uh, to health care centers in Windsor, Kitchener, Waterloo, and Ottawa. Stage two, the province is putting up $18 million into the existing centers already across the, uh, the province. And then stage three will be involving issuing new licenses to open up more centers. So wow. the, the critics of this, they've been warning that these moves will only increase wait times. Um, it's going to drain staff from the public health care system, and it's just going to leave patients vulnerable because now they're going to have to be paying out of pocket for um, procedures mm-hmm. that they didn't have to before. Um, mm-hmm. Doug Ford is promising that no one will have to pay for anything that they didn't have to pay for before. But do you believe him? He, he's got a forked no. tongue. He just he's I, I don't know if he's capable of telling the truth now at this point. He said he wasn't going to touch the green belt. He already did that and everything. He's actually getting sued for that or investigated well, for he's that molest- as well. He's molesting that green belt. Yeah, he's he's horrible. But folks, man. we need to find <laughs> ways to build more houses. So forget <laughs> the environment. That's really going accurate. Into the oh, he's green got a great dog for it. Yeah, folks. Call <laughs> him the folks. It's the folks. <laughs> Anyways, um. In 2016, in Saskatchewan, they actually tried this for MRI exams where they tried to uh, pass it off to the uh, private clinics. 
and mm-hmm. it just found that it increased MRI times. And a lot of people are saying that Doug Ford's plan for this uh, privatized slash public system. It's going to wind up costing the province 25% more per operation than if it was already handled in the hospitals doing the surgery as it is already. So people are saying instead of trying to pump money into the private healthcare system, put money into the public healthcare system, weighs the wages for the nurses so that they have a reason. Nurses' uh, wages have not kept up with police or firefighters. They've only gone up like 15% as opposed it's to firefighters bad. and police that have gone up for 30% in terms of their Nurses wages. Nurses deserve and way more. Yeah, it, it's crazy. So yeah. um, we're going to keep an eye on this. This is far from over. This is just the beginning of this. But um, Doug Ford, again, you're a waste premier. And that's <laughs> it for politics as usual. All right. Well, Come on, uh, ready, 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 ready. <laughs> ready, 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 ready. All right. Uh, thanks, Ready Fox, for taking us through that politics as uh, usual segment. We got to pay some bills. And we'll be back after the break with music news, talking about Funk Flex playing Takashi 6ix9ine's music again. What? That and more after the break right here on Hashtag. Teach me how to Dougie. Teach me, teach me how to Dougie. You want me to teach Did you, you how to Dougie? That? Did you Here's make that how beat? We're teach you. Huh? You made that beat, didn't you? I wish I did. You didn't? Oh, no, 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 no. This is a, what? That's a song. What song is that? This is not a song. What beat is that? This? This? Yeah. Yeah. No, but I heard it in a bas- an NBA game the other day, you know? Yeah. Oh, like, oh it's, really? It's, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a, some, it's like some shoot. <laughs> I did not it's know that. Shroom. I thought that you. was I thought that was just an original that they gave us for the show. Oh, Anyways, I thought it was you, Sully. I know, no, they can't afford me. Okay, so shame. I actually ran out of time <laughs> for some of this stuff I wanted to talk about for um, the Doug Ford stuff, but just to, to put a bow on it for whatever um, nurses' wages—they've only gone up fifteen percent um, over the last uh, twenty-five years or twelve years. Sorry. And police officers and firefighters, they've seen a 30% wage increase or whatever. So, again, mm-hmm. uh, I think there was actually a bill. I think it was Bill 136, but don't quote me on the number. But it basically froze um, health care wages in the first place already. So they wanted that removed. He could have at least done that. There's so many different things that he could do to help the existing healthcare system as it is already. But a lot of people feel these are just like healthcare or private lobbyists, basically, that have been donating money. Mm-hmm. It's already publicly known that some of these um, private health clinics have donated money to Doug Ford's campaign or just the conservative party in general, specifically for this that they've wanted to Mm -hmm. happen for some time or whatever. So, um, yeah, it's just the beginning of the foolishness that, um, that Sorry, I'm reading, the, I'm reading the the statement from Funk Master Flex. <laughs> oh, great! Yeah, Funk Master Flex. I I I'm not a fan of Funk Master Flex, but I'm sorry to, when when people retire. talk on the. Okay, this is something that I want to ban from the internet. People talking in all caps. I <laughs> really that is so rude. It's so rude. It's like emailing someone with Comic Sans script. It's like, what are you doing? <laughs> Out of all the social medias, Tika, what's your favorite one? Instagram? I love Instagram. Do you still have a Facebook Facebook account? No. Okay. But like my I used to keep it up for my aunties. Because <laughs> they love to send me like old videos. Like my auntie just sent me like Scarlet Takes a Tumble like last week. And I'm like, <laughs> this is like severely old. Yeah. But, Facebook is for the know? Tyler Perry crowd. Like Straight up, it really You're is. So late to the game. Tico, what happened to your Twitter? Your your Twitter your Twitter is not up. It says I, I went to your. I tried to look at your page. It said something is up. 
I okay, so I disconnect. I always disconnect it whenever I'm working. So like I'm like, okay, this is oh. too much of a distraction. <laughs> I have like two projects. Yeah, you do it. You do your your your. That's the only way I can manage my addiction. Don't kill me. Oh, Nina, <laughs> you gotta shut the whole thing down. Nina, you got yeah, a kindred spirit here, Nina. <laughs> Nina, Nina can't let a day go by without going to the end of her Instagrams. I feed. need to before every night before bed. I have to scroll to the end of my Instagram feed. No, I just they didn't know there's an end to the feed, but there is. No, yeah, there is. Damn. The, she she had to like she took a screen cap and yeah. showed to show us, us. That, yeah it says view older end. posts then you click it and then you can see the rest and then you can see the last picture you liked and then you know you're all cut up mm. oh wow i didn't know that i'm yeah. super late to the game no there's no no, no don't no don't follow nina you're right no, on time no. you're right on time. Nina, nina, is, nina is not setting a good example then i have no fomo though so it yeah. works see? out that, see that's everything. good Everyone has their their own respective way of managing their addictions. You know, yeah. what I'm listen, FOMO, FOMO. Solly a... jumps jumps off the lift and into the liquor. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> once a year. <laughs> uh, once a year, it might happen this Saturday. You okay, I see. I believe you. <laughs> I this 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 weekend, I'm going to single handedly raise my risk my risk factors for. I, I just need you to make sure that's organic wine. Okay, we care about your spirit organic out here. Wine. It'll be or, it'll be consumed organically. How about okay. that? Wow. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> All right, let's um let's jump into this music news segment. Okay. Yeah. All right. That, that, that. Okay, here we go. Welcome back to the program. You're tuned in, dialed in, and locked in to hashtag we are on every Saturday morning from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. right here on Vibe 105, number one for hip hop, R and B, and the culture. Prior to the break, we were uh, button fire, if you will, on Doug Ford and his so easy policies. To do it. <laughs> it's so easy to do it, whether <laughs> it's him, you know, interfering and putting his mucky hands into the green belt in Ontario Happy to or trying to in a slick kind of way, an underhanded kind of way, in a disingenuous kind of way. We uh, believe it to be trying to privatize our healthcare system. I hope um, he turns off enough people that people won't vote for him in the next election. I turns really, off enough folks. I hope so. I really hope. Folks. This guy. So, um, and then we also had a we had a, a really great discussion with uh, you know with Tika about uh, mental health and how our community needs to grow in terms of being a little bit more open about discussing mental health issues. I think issues we've gotten better though. I would honestly I, I do. Say, oh, I agree. I feel like we've gotten better. Like I, I think I now agree. if you were if you were to tell somebody that you're seeing a therapist or something, they're not going to side eye you the the way they might have like 20 years ago. And or, you know what I like I, I think that you know it was a I can't remember the name of the comedian um but she's basically like if somebody is going to scorn you for if you reveal to them that you're going for therapy or maybe you're taking a, a pill for your anxiety if they're going to scorn you she's kind of like she's like well maybe how about screw those people a little bit cuz they don't <laughs> care about your your well-being and your happiness like why would they why would anybody uh feel ill will towards you for trying to heal yourself you know a million so, percent she's yeah. absolutely correct yeah but so. these are the things that we don't like usually question because we don't really have any like uh uh anything to compare it to you know most people they grow up in you know there's certain communities or in their certain families or their friendship groups or dichotomies that they're comfortable with or familiar with mm -hmm. and they never question whether or not the behavior is like uh appropriate Healthy. yeah or healthy until they're, you know, um, 
they're met with something else that is healthy and they're like, oh, damn, like, you know, yeah. that's totally what happened to me. That's how I was able to kind of navigate outside of like my circumstances. But it's um, most people don't know that they have the, the option. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's good that we're we're having that conversation and hopefully more people will be open to to exploring that within themselves. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, well, let's continue on with the show. Without further ado, let's pass the microphone over to little sis, No Better Nina, who's going to take us through this week in music news. Hey. presents this week's music news only on Vibe 105. Nina, tell me what this <laughs> funk flex, funk flex fiasco is happening right now. Okay. Please. It's really all because of Gunna. But okay, oh, no. <laughs> Funk Flex took to Instagram with a lengthy IG post suggesting that he might as well start playing 6ix9ine's music again following the trend of rappers copying plea deals. So what triggered this post was actually a post that 6ix9ine made on his IG page sharing the details, including the location of his flight to Jersey and that he has a million dollars on him with no security and just a 140 pound, 140 pound cameraman. So if anyone wants to pull up on him, they should. <gasps> what? Yeah. Obviously that was a dangerous move. Hold on. Hold on. So hold on. So 6ix9ine exposed what funk flexes him, no 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 himself like six nine exposed he was like if anyone wants to pull up on me my plane's landing at this time at this location i have no Why? security on me million dollars i don't know he's weird anyways so he did that nothing <laughs> ended up happening because we would have heard about it right. um <laughs> but so flex people reposted. thought he was like half yeah yeah okay, and then <laughs> funk flex reposted that post on his page with the caption What's everyone's opinion? For me, I'm no longer not not playing 6 Nines music anymore, speaking for myself only. Obviously, according to reports, the trend amongst a lot of current rappers since and before 6 9 consists of cooperating and testifying. Be clear, mm-hmm. many of your favorite artists cooperate with the law enforcement. Don't call don't let me call names. Oh, cool. Also then then he updated his caption to share some details of a combo he had with Jim Jones, where Jim Jones expressed that he will never have tolerance for anyone testifying and cooperating. And Flank, Flex said that they might disagree on why or why not the music of the people who cooperate should be played, but that they do agree most that times have changed and integrity is lost. Mm-hmm. Now, Flex ended off his caption saying that these new rappers aren't doing 10 to 20 years for anyone, let alone five, and named Bobby Shmurda, Casanova, Fetty Wap, mm-hmm. Rowdy Rebel, Boosie, Chef G, and Young Thug as the last of the stand-up guys before telling 6ix9ine to send him new music if he has any that wants to be played. <laughs> now, <laughs> it's pretty wow. obvious... Funk Flex's whole post is a sub to Gunna, who copped a plea deal during YSL's Rico case, which Young Thug is currently on trial for. And now, Lil Dirk, Lil Baby, and Meek Mill have all unfollowed Gunna on social media. And Dirk also dropped a snippet of a new song where he disses Gunna for taking a deal. But keep in mind, Gunna did make a statement saying that he hasn't made any statements, been interviewed, cooperated, agreed to testify or be a witness, and has no intention of being involved in the trial process not long after he was released. But he was still released from a plea deal. Oh, boy. So, yeah, I want to know, do you guys feel like people are overreacting about Gunna's plea deal even after he clarified that he's not cooperating? Or should he be getting the same energy 6 9 did? Because 6 9 cooperated and got members of his so-called gang convicted. So, a lot of them too. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. what do you guys think about this? 
I, I'm not gonna be. Um, I'm not gonna. What are lie. these people up on? Like, what are what? <laughs> what? Are, it's it's a lot. What yeah, are they a, doing? <laughs> I, you know, I'll tell you. Like, what I, are they? Do- what are they doing in the in the gang? And what are they like? I mean, uh, these are the questions that I have. Like, what are I'm they like, doing in the gang? In there? What's going on in there? I don't know. I don't know. And I was I was gonna say I've I've decided. I, I mean, I'm person to talk to about this because I'm like the lady from The Simpsons that's like, well, somebody wants to get the children, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime that woman came up, I was like, exactly, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and here's the here's the thing, you know, I I would I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna you know pretend and cap and say that this is my New Year's resolution, but just hearing this story reiterated again, I'm kind of making it a conscious effort to not really, uh, to not follow any information or stories about the criminal activities about rappers because. It's almost like it's cliche. It's Ooh. almost cliche at this point to hear about the criminal aspects of what's going on and, you know, whether mm-hmm. they're a gang or whether they're selling drugs and, mm-hmm. you know, these talented multi-million dollar young black men who are providing for their families um, are, mm-hmm. and are still involved in this in these kind of activities. I'd rather mm-hmm. I'd rather not give it give it any more oxygen than it already energy. Has. So you know, listen. I, I wouldn't say nothing the same way. I don't want them to talk about my salami and my grapes. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> that I'd be putting in my handbag at the no frills. <laughs> <laughs> right. Nobody's gonna talk about that, Tika. We're not gonna okay. talk about your your grocery exploits. But yeah, I mean, you know, when it comes to the, this this the situation with Ghana, it's you know. Mm. The fact that he has to make a statement to say that I haven't made a statement, like the fact that he's mm-hmm. has to, you know, rather than, I, and again, I don't know what they're, you know, they allegedly uh, accused. I mean, I know a kind of basic of what they're allegedly accused of, but, mm-hmm. you know, it's. There's murders in there. There's mm-hmm. murders. There's, 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 there's drug, there's drug dealing, mm-hmm. uh, robberies, setups, you know, it's. It's it's an indication of a of a, obviously a much more serious problem, and the fact that it's kind mm-hmm. of being glamorized through the media, and you know yeah. we're gonna play fun, we're gonna play six nines music now because it doesn't mm-hmm. matter if they're snitching. It's like, you know, I, I can't get into that. It's frivolous to me. What is your what is your um your stance on snitching? Uh, As know, someone that works like in in and out of jails, I'll tell you. I'm gonna paraphrase. I want to say. I think it was Ice Ice T. He's like, mm-hmm. if you are actively in the life, if you and your crew have decided that we are going into this criminal enterprise and we're gonna sell drugs or we're gonna do crime, and you both make an agreement, and then one of you gets caught, and because you don't have the 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 spine to take accountability for your involvement, you decide to rat everybody out. That's you know, if you're in that in that line of you know in the streets, in that I line of work, agree, <laughs> huh? in that line of work, then there's a certain code that you have to abide by. You know, mm-hmm. you both agree have agreed to do this, but if you're a square and you encounter <laughs> crime, right. that's not snitching. You are you are you are. It is your responsibility to. You're responsible it. civilian. Yeah, you 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 know what I mean if you're living in a community especially you're in a in a community that's riddled that's riddled with crime and and yeah, poverty yeah. and 
you're trying to earn an honest living and you see mm-hmm. something that is endangering your community. Mm-hmm. I don't see that. That's not snitching. You're a civilian. You know what I mean? But if now, you're involved in that life, you know, I agree a cult. With this. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm a responsible civilian, but I definitely don't want people talking about my groceries. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, so, stop dry snitching on yeah, yourself. First yeah. and foremost. Yeah, Nina, I, don't, I just don't think, I just don't think it's a big deal. Right. Like, so like, what what do you say? And then about- and, and then when people do book me, I'm like, oh my god, I'm over here. <laughs> <laughs> Nino, Nino, what do you say? Like, do you think people are overreacting to this whole gunna deal thing, or what do you say? Because uh, I know you you have something about this. I mean, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just a regular. You're citizen. conflicted. <laughs> so like for me it's like it just goes back to the whole thing about separating the artist's music from the person right. this stuff doesn't bother me yeah this stuff doesn't bother me because i'm not involved in this stuff so but like it right. seems completely different though than what gun is doing than what happened with takashi because takashi first of all he was always trying to front like he was this tough guy to begin with yeah where clearly yeah. he wasn't and then after he gets caught and gets caught up in all that, you know, he does what he does in terms of snitching. And then he had the the audacity to brag about it online again and, you know, even taunt people to say, like, here I am or whatever. Gun is not necessarily yeah. doing those things, or at least it doesn't seem like it. Again, I'm not yeah, really right. following this all the way. So I don't understand how people are trying to say it's the same thing. Like, Gun is saying he's not cooperating, which, again... That's to your own detriment, bro. If you're gonna not cooperate and like take a whatever for yeah. whatever reasons you're doing that, that's where I I kind of go back and forth. Isn't forward. that Chloe's uh Chloe's man? I don't what? know. No. Oh, I, I have I don't no know idea. What's going on. It's Chloe Kardashian? No. No, Chloe and Chloe and Haley. No, it, he was for like five seconds, but now she's oh. dating. I think she's dating this other artist, DDG, or her brother is dating. I no, mean, no, Haley's dating DDG. Oh, okay. Hold on, let's know why this for that. a different segment. This is not the dating segment. The rappers dating the rappers have, and their girlfriends. We should have a, should have a, segment. a gossip segment. Yes, absolutely. We will, the we tea. Will. Spill the now, tea. Now that we now that we've discussed it, now that it's in the universe, we're definitely going to be in the car. I mean, that's an important part of 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 chat. Is it? Is it? Though? Is it? Is it? Yes. <laughs> Yeah, you well, wanna know uh, who's who's guarding with who? Who's who's not? Who's, who's don't start? Don't start. What? Who's <laughs> mingling? Who's singling? Like, what's the situation? Uh, but yeah, okay. <laughs> Anyways, uh, should we move on to the next story? Because we can have a big discussion. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's yeah. let's move on. Because uh, okay. Gun is going to jail, and uh, and Young Thug is going to jail. No, a lot of those guys left, are definitely young. Nobody <laughs> is left, including Tory Lanez. Oh Lord. <laughs> Okay, Tika, do you know the rundown? Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you the rundown. Uh, so Tori was found guilty of I feel felony like Tika assault. knows the rundown. Tika definitely yeah. knows well, the Well, we're going to give a brief rundown right in case people are listening and they don't know. <laughs> yeah, fair So enough. Tori fair was enough. found guilty of felony assault with a semi-automatic firearm, possession mm-hmm. of a concealed, unregistered firearm, and discharging mm-hmm. a firearm with gross negligence. Mm-hmm. Um, now, this whole thing happened back in 2020. Tori mm-hmm. and Megan and uh, Megan's best friend were at Kylie Jenner's pool party. Fight mm-hmm. happened, yada yada. Shots were fired. Megan got hit in the feet. Okay. She yada yada. Not to she yada yada and then shots got fired, is what she said. <laughs> I'm tired of repeating the story. Hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. I think nobody. How come nobody's realized that the the issue here is not to party with the Kardashians? <laughs> That's the the underlying. That's the PSA of this all, right? Man, yeah. those Kardashians managed to kind of weasel their way into some of the biggest controversies and controversial artists of like the past 10, 15 it's years. Wild. It's wild. 
uh, is somehow a film. In, in sports, in entertainment, it's in fashion. No, you need to run for your life. I mean, yeah. it, it's a it's a curse for everybody else except for it themselves. It really, really is, but nobody yeah. seems to notice that they're the underlying issue. <laughs> Stop going to that house. <laughs> allegedly, allegedly. Anyway, anyway okay. carry, carry on. So here. the DNA on the gun was inconclusive, and Tori's DNA was not found on the magazine. Um, mm-hmm. Megan testified during trial. Her best friend, former best friend, testified and took back everything she said initially when it happened. Right. Um, Tori did not testify, and then boom, jury finds him guilty. He's looking mm-hmm. at up to twenty-two years behind bars and coming back to Brampton. Um, <laughs> that within itself is yes. uh, <laughs> a sentence. That that is a sentence. Um, <laughs> So Tori did switch lawyers uh, after he, he was convicted and he hired Suge Knight's former lawyer, David Kenner, to handle the appeal because mm-hmm. his lawyer from trial says he doesn't do appeals and another lawyer mm-hmm. by the name of Matthew Barhoma who specializes in appeals. So now he has mm-hmm. two lawyers there, right? Now mm-hmm. this week he added a third lawyer to his case, Jose mm-hmm. Baez, a.k.a. Casey Anthony and Aaron Hernandez's former attorney. I don't know what this guy was waiting until after his convictions to hire big names because I never heard of his lawyer before. But mm-hmm. anyways, um, his dad also posted a 40 minute video to Instagram, 40 mm-hmm. minutes this week, saying oh, that boy. their family and Tori have forgave Megan, but won't back down from the system. His sentencing was supposed to be at the end of this month. What does but that mean? Been, I don't know. Can I, can I interject here? The, the, so his dad said that they for, they've forgiven Megan. Yeah. She's forgiven system. for taking a bullet? <laughs> Exactly. I'm, I'm flabbergasted. Oh my gosh. Go. Cool. Sorry, Nina. Here um, No. So his sentencing was supposed to be at the end of this month, but it's mm-hmm. been pushed to the end of February now. So his new lawyers can mm-hmm. catch up. Uh, Tika, what were your thoughts when this fiasco first happened in <laughs> July of 2020? Um, it's hard. I know Tori, and he calls me Auntie, so it's it's hard to see. Um, I did not know hear, that though. you have a relationship. I did not with, like, know with that him either. Like that. Yeah, yeah, he's been on the known unknown before, so it's it's yes. a tough it's a tough one. Um, I don't think anybody's really winning here. I think that uh, the the issue at hand is that anytime you see like black on black violence, it's it's hard for me to see, um, especially when it comes to like domesticated disputes mm-hmm. under the uh, <laughs> watchful eye of the Kardashians. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I just, I, it's it's tough. The real, um, you know, the real guilty party here is no shade. Tory Lane's father's hair hairline. I'm so sorry, <laughs> but like, <laughs> like father, like son. <laughs> I mean, no shade. Anyway, I digress. I do. I I want the best for him. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like he's worked really, really hard. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, really, really hard. And those that know his story know that he's really come from very humble, humble, yeah. humble, humble beginnings. Yeah. Um. So I I'm I'm really hoping that he can you know find his peace mm-hmm. in some way or another both of them yeah but both of them i hope they both find their peace but like it's it's really just but he has to be accountable mm-hmm. and, I was... and and he spoke he spoke about that like i mean that uh what was it the the phone call <laughs> yeah the phone call yeah yeah the phone yeah. call is just like it's cringy like That's... i'm like okay yeah. like it's yeah. kind of cringy so it's hard to it's really hard to speak to because it's like 
you're kind of looking kind of guilty. How, yeah. but like, it's just like, <laughs> how did you feel about how people were treating Megan during this whole thing? Because um, I, I wanted to make sure I remembered this because I didn't mention this the last time we were speaking about it, that uh, someone had written in an article discussing this trial that it actually created a lot of uh, conversation around a lot of big topics that, um you know, come up from time to time in cases like this in terms of the reluctance of black people speaking to the police, the protection of black women, which is really what I yeah. wanted to ask you about when it comes to Megan, but also gender politics and hip hop and yeah. online toxicity. So those like this case kind of touched on all of these uh, cultural issues that we deal with from time to time. But I want mm-hmm. to ask you when it comes to that protection of black women, because mm-hmm. DL Hughley, even like I mentioned this last week, he had I to can. put it, he had to put out a video to say, hey, you guys, you know, Megan is the victim in this whole yeah. situation here or whatever, because she has received so much um, heat and hate over this whole thing. And I'm like, yo, why are you honestly, guys- yeah. the reality is, is that black women are the the most demoralized and the most diminished people on the face of the planet. But if you know, Wagwan, you know that the, we're the first people in actuality. So it it really doesn't make any sense. She she has really grown so much, and she's gone through severe trauma as well, like the death of her mother, like all of the things that she's like performed through. It just like it it's the clear indication and servitude about her as a black woman, and and it's the the prime example of how black women are constantly seen as being resilient and um and are we just don't really have a choice Mm. you know what i'm saying we have to kind of support one another and so it's a it's a difficult situation because on one hand um i think that the it's it's unfortunate to watch two black people you know go through this publicly Mm -hmm. but uh, then on the flip side there is a disparity, a massive disparity in terms of gender and in terms of black, black women will always, always, always advocate for black men. But mm. I'm sorry, guys, we do not get the same kind of energy. Right. And it's just problematic. And in me, I, I, I'm, I'm, it's unfortunate that this is the example of what that looks like. And that is, it's unfortunate that the example of what that looks like is people that we actually know or are within like two to three degrees of separation. Mm-hmm. But, um, you I was, know, I, I was really surprised by it. Just um, the the amount of um, mm-hmm. heat that was directed at Megan for all of this. Like, and I, Why? Re- I even remember at the beginning of the case when it was first reported, remember, she didn't even want to press charges. She didn't even she didn't want, want to press to. charges. She didn't want to. Even... She didn't want to say anything. And, and I was she like, that was her to... protecting Tori at that yes, time. And I was yes. like, see, there's that example again. And it, you know, you've heard these stories, whatever, like you can go all the way back to when it was slavery or whatever. Like, we all yeah. know that the system is not here to protect any of us in terms of the black culture or black people or whatever so a black woman knows that if she's gonna serve a black man up to the system that system has no problem with chewing him up and spitting him out right so so absolutely yeah so when this case first started megan didn't even want to talk to the police she was trying to avoid it but when it's a shooting and it's getting reported not only to the police but you go to the hospital the whole nine she Mm -hmm. she was in a corner she didn't have a choice for that part but Mm -hmm. again when i hear these stories about people attacking her i was like wow i was like i was taken aback Really we have to find a better way like we have to find a better way of like navigating conflict conflict resolution within our own respective communities mm-hmm. i think that um a lot of the, our ways of dealing with things are to 
um, you know, what happens in the house stays in the house or like shove it under the table. Like these are the kind of adages that we've learned like from our parents or from like our our own tribes or whatever that are like causing us a great deal of harm and pain. We're not growing, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And so this is uh, a learning experience for everybody. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? But also it's, it's a, it's and, opening up important dialogue and conversation that I don't think is normalized yet. But I think it's a learned behavior for Black people as well, too, because for many mm. generations, we didn't have the system to turn to to solve problems for us. It was always done internally sure. within our communities ourselves because we just yes. never wanted to get the police involved in the first place because we of knew course. overall the system was not for us. We, we weren't yes. looking for the system for justice. So we yeah. always had to mete out justice ourselves or whatever. So I think that is just an ingrained part of what we do in terms of we don't go to the system, we deal with everything internally, you know? Yes, well, but the, the dis- sorry, but the disparity... The disparity as well is that like even if we're dealing with things internally within our own communities and systems, if the disparity in terms of gender is still apparent within that respective system and within that respective community, it's still the same shit, different system. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? It's like we um as black women, and I'm not the the uh representative of the black girl, but I'm just saying today that you are. Like, for myself <laughs> today today I'm the representative for myself. You know, um, for myself, like even uh, I've gone through like many abusive situations and I have struggled with coming forward and speaking up because I care to protect the person and I care about their livelihood and I care about their freedom more than I do my pain. That's hyper problematic. And this is kind of like the normalization of what a lot of black girls kind of have to go through um, is like the care of the person superseding the harm. Mm. You know, and I want to I want to inter- and I know you're I know you're you are Auntie Tika to Tori, mm-hmm. but I, I think that, so you cute. know, I think that he's, he's a little bad boy, you know, he yeah, I, I feel like, Gosh. you know, as much as we talk about, like, you know, toxic masculinity, which is kind mm-hmm. of a loaded phrase, there's a lot of validity to it. But I think he definitely in a lot of ways exemplified that. Mm-hmm. And um, it is important and I think me as a hip hop artist, as a black man, like I, I see him in terms of not the sum of that action, but I think that we have to reckon with the idea of accountability for, for the actions. And I mean, he's, 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 he's been behaving in problematic ways. Oh, for sure. You know what I mean? I've so heard about like, a lot of things. Yeah, just publicly, yeah. he was looking was for violent. smoke left and right for a couple, for yeah, a year yeah, there or yeah. so. Like he was going after Dreamville and all sorts of people. Like I was like, yo, what is what's happening with I, this guy? But we we like as like you know common civilians don't really know like what's really wagwan with yeah. the wagwan behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. But True. like I'm just saying that like there's a, probably a lot of nuance and layers there. But I I wanted to talk to you about the accountability thing because I that word is coming up so much like hot sauce. And I think that there's a conversation not really happening surrounding what constitutes um, accountability and what respectfully, what accountability means to each respective person, because Mm. it's not a one size fits all. So everyone is screaming like, he needs to be accountable. And I'm like, what does that mean exactly? Like for you, you know what I mean? What does that mean specifically for Megan? Like that's what like we need to do in terms of like, conflict resolution or you know transformative justice work like Mm. you know these are the things that kind of like need to be introduced in order to have like peace Mm -hmm. yeah well um, 
uh, yeah. I think we're going to have to wrap, wrap it up on Good that up, piece sorry. of insight. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we don't really have, we have a, a minute left. I'll just do some really quick headlines. Kanye got dropped by his lawyer through newspaper ads since no one can get a hold of him. Cool. John <laughs> uh, Legend and Chrissy Teigen uh, had their fourth child following the loss of their third month in miscarriage. That so woman's been pregnant for five years. <laughs> <laughs> the Lovers and Friends Festival lineup has been announced going down bum, May 6th in Vegas and will feature Chris Brown, 50 Cent, JoJo, Party Next Door, Bryson Tiller, Mariah Carey, Usher, T.I., Soldier Boy, Missy Elliott, Boys to Men, and a whole lot more. Oh, that's a big we reach it? Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. I might have to make that yeah, pilgrimage. We'll that's crazy. That crazy. And uh, yeah, that's it for music news. I All think right. that's well, like the beauty of social media, like coming together for a good thing because the Lovers and Friends tour happened because of social media. Like someone yeah. dreamt up that mm-hmm. idea and then it literally came to life. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to have to either report on it after it happens or uh, I'm going to have report to see if I can make that, pilgr- <laughs> that pilgrimage for sure. Well, thanks, Nina. Uh, and thank you, of course, Tika, joining us for the, uh, the conversation so far. we got to pay some bills. And we'll be back with our Black-Owned Spotlight Special Edition right after the break. You're listening to Hashtag on Vibe 105. Yeah, that boy Tory Wild, yo. <laughs> yeah. That boy just, Tory Wild. That's all right. He's yeah. Wild. It's not yeah. all right because it's like a great burgeoning career snuffed out now, or at least temporarily well, or for What I mean by it's all right is that like I believe in karma, so like I whatever know. is to come is to come, right? I've... But like I mean, if you're going to live a wild life, you're going to have wild uh retribution yeah. and consequences. And it, yeah. So and, and I think it's that, you to know... be expected. It's just I think it's entertaining to watch. Yeah. He is a victim of his own success. Mm. And I say that in the sense of like, you know, I try to think of, you know, if I were to have attained that level of success and money and influence at, I mean, he, and the thing is, he's old enough to know better, like, especially his grind, mm-hmm. like you would figure mm-hmm. that he would have been mature enough to handle that situation. Success hits everyone different, man. Mm-hmm. And it's, 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 it's yes, I mean, yeah. it, it was the it, success was definitely not friendly to, mm-hmm. to, uh, to Tori and, mm-hmm. uh, I like that, you know, that's an interesting, we can like have another side conversation exploring that idea of accountability. I like the way that you put that because ultimately we say mm-hmm. you should be accountable. What does that look like and to who should yeah. be accountable? And people are and still I don't trying think, to yeah. punish Chris Brown for shit that happened right. how long ago? But yeah. that's what I mean. Like, I mean, like I've caused people harm in my career or in my life. And when they want me to be accountable, they're just like, I want you to speak on online. And I'm like, I'm not doing that. Let's talk about what accountability actually means. Yeah, you right, know what I'm right. saying? Like, what does it actually look like in terms of like, you know, acknowledging harm without it uh, having to result in shame or yeah. like a, a, a witch hunt? Like, that's ridiculous. So it's like there's certain things that are not... Um, they're like i think that people you know when they're in pain they are looking for the easiest way to kind of depending on the type of person you are to embarrass uh-huh. um rather than to actually like find like reconciliation so when everyone's screaming like i'm like okay what does that mean for you you mm-hmm. know what i mean and is it something that's actually um tangible you right. know what i mean or is it like nonsensical and fool- foolery mm-hmm. <laughs> don't skin the teeth 
Tika. But it's true. No, you're dead right. You're right. Yeah, it's true. It's like I'm not I'm not uh I'm I'm of service to you if I've caused you harm, but if it's something honest, then yeah. I shouldn't have to be at the helm of your uh your um hatred for the rest of my life. Like, oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> Good lord, get over it. <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> what you're saying, I'm not number I'm not I'm not the I'm three, not the I'm two, not the, the three, or the four, I'm the one. <laughs> <laughs> one line Tika. I'm really not. Queens. <laughs> Trust me. All right, Tika, we're moving into the last segment of the show. We're in the final oh, please, stretches. I'm you're fucking dying, man. You're, I'm so you're, tired. You're dying, eh? <sighs> You're I haven't champion. died since we got on here. I'm like, Hush. Fuck, I'm not gonna make it. Oh, through. whatever. Hush. You're, You're doing champion. great. Well, Hush. this is your this is your segment. We're gonna be we're focusing on you now and uh, talk about your your work and what you've done and what you got coming up. So oh, me? Okay, okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not talking the rest of us. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, okay. let's get let's get wait. to it. Let's okay. last twenty last what last twenty four minutes. Twenty seven, right. but yeah, twenty seven minutes. All right, here we go. <laughs> okay, you ready? Here we go. Welcome back to the program, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, people of all ages. You're tuned into Vibe 105, hashtag yours truly solitaire, DJ Ray Fox, no better Nina. Special guest, which I'll get to in a second, because right about now, we're going to get into a special edition. A special edition of Black Home Spotlight, but just before we got, you know, just to recap what we were discussing before the break, um, talking about Tory Lanez and the situation with uh, um, Megan Thee Stallion and, uh, you know, Tory shot a, shot at that poor girl's foot and uh, <laughs> and all the repercussions that I've dealt with. It's just, uh, it's is- so rude. Like, it's, it's just, it's like when you really, it's really rude. It's like, uh, you know, um the Looney Tunes with that, with the, I say, uh, sir, I say. It's like that. It's like, who in the hell yeah. <laughs> thinks to do this? And, you know, we were just comment, comment, commenting during the break. Um, you know, he's a victim of his own success. Like he mm. really, you know, at the stage that he is at, at his career, it was such a huge mistake. I'm wondering if he's, if he's kind of kicking himself about, you know, not being uh, handling that situation with a lot more, you know, being a, awareness. You know, I, I don't even understand how it gets to a point where a multi-millionaire, like rap superstar, is in such a. Re- and he's at that point, at this point in his career, he's like a he's a veteran artist. You know, he's like, mm-hmm. you know, how do you make this such a big, big poor decision? So I mean. Uh, we wanted to rehash that discussion and, and get Tika's perspective. And I mean, like, you know, you obviously being the brilliant woman that you are, you, yeah. you gave us some, uh, in, you know, some real great insight into that. Thanks. And that brings us, uh, uh, everybody, our listeners out there to this segment. It's a special edition of this week's black owned spotlight. Shining a light on a black-owned business and outstanding members of the black community. BOS. BOS. Boss. Hashtag presents the Black-Owned Spotlight. This week's Black-Owned Spotlight, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, people of all ages, is not only a a black-owned business, 
She's also an outstanding member of the black community. She's a musician, an actress. Did you make this film composer? (laughs) DJ? (laughs) A cultural producer. She's a host. She's an activist. She first began writing music when she was 14 years old. I did. Uh, her, Her most recent accomplishments was being the winner of the 2022 Canadian Screen Award for Best Original Song um, for a film called Learn to Swim. This woman has song placements on TV shows like Digstown, Kim's Convenience. She's mm-hmm. compo- composed music for films. Uh, she's acted in films like Haven and $5 in Little America. I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to cap. I'm not going to cap for you. I'm not going to cap for you, Tika. I'll never never get over that, Renny. I'll never get over that. I've not heard of those. I've not heard of those films, but. They're shorts. They're not features. They're shorts. Oh, that's okay. They're all part of the resume. Um, And uh, in addition to that, I've known, I've been knowing Tika for a long time now, and she's always, always had the same energy um, as an individual, as an artist, as a creative, Mm -hmm. as a leader in this community, an unsung hero in a lot of ways. I'll put it to you like that, like really kind of reflecting on her career. And of course, I'm saying all this, talking about our guest for this show, Tika Simone, ladies and gentlemen. Um, so Tika, uh, just to, let's start off right now with uh, the Canadian Screen Award for that original Ooh. song that you wrote. Talk a little bit about that experience, because I mean, we can go back mm-hmm. and talk about your past, but I want to focus on what you got going on now, because you got a lot of things that are that are coming up and what you've accomplished in the last couple of years. So let's start with that. Let's start. Yeah, with the- that was really unexpected. Um, it, sometimes I watch the video back when I <laughs> when I got the the announcement because it was on Zoom. It was during yeah. the pandemic when they announced it. And, um yeah i was putting on lip gloss and they were just like take out i'm like oh shit i was like i was not prepared and i mispronounced like two people's names i was like oh snap i'm so sorry um i was not i was not uh expecting that in the slightest but really super grateful it's really changed a lot of things Mm -hmm. um but yeah that process was was um interesting and it's kind of like opened opened me up and uh in a different way, because like a lot of my work is centered around um, sitting down with directors and um, hearing what it is that they want to convey for the film and then mm-hmm. being able to draw from that and then creating music or a song specifically for that moment, for that scene. Yeah. Um, so a lot of times the film isn't, isn't made yet. So mm-hmm. I'm just having to have these almost like therapeutic conversations, these really deep dives into what the person is feeling and then I just kind of create from there. Um, So this particular film, Learn to Swim, I don't want to give too much of it away because it's actually not available in Canada. It's only available on Netflix in the US and in the UK. Mm. Um, And in New New Zealand, I think. But like it's, uh, the film is about a jazz musician, a saxophonist, and it's based in Toronto. So it's one of the first uh, films that is um, a romantic drama from Toronto. Um, that's actually like a musical. So I've, I've never seen that, um, genre before from our city. Mm. Um, so, you know, it's a, it's a black male, um, shout out to, to Thomas who plays, uh, Desi in the film, mm. but it's about a man who, uh, is a jazz musician and he falls in love with a woman and there's a trauma that kind of happens. I don't want to give too much of it away. Yeah. And, um, he, 
doesn't really know how to deal with the trauma of the relationship. So he flees the city uh, to go to a different city to heal. And he doesn't really do the work. And he comes back to the city as an instrument repairman mm. uh, instead and kind of like leaves the band. And eventually like the band, like they find him and they try to kind of like, you know, shake him out of it yeah. um, and get him to like face the pain of what happened. Mm. Um, and so, you know, there were a lot of um, synchronicities with this film. Um, this film is loosely based off of the director's own personal life so that there was a lot there like in terms of me having to uh, navigate the conversation with Tyrone Tommy who's the director of the film Um, but then you know being able to like channel people's pain to then transmute it into something musical is like definitely a gift definitely Mm -hmm. a gift and it's a process for sure but it's something that I I just have grown really passionate about so um I was grateful that we won for that song. The song uh, is called And Then We Don't. And mm. it's just kind of like, you know, uh, and I wrote it with a good friend of mine. His name is KCMQ. And the song is like, we keep trying to get there. We keep trying to trying to get there. And then we just don't. You mm. know what I mean? Like, we never really get to that place of peace or that place of, like, ultimate love or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I was just happy that he was happy. Like, the director was really happy with um, the way that it turned out. And there's other records that I wrote for that film as well, but um, yeah, just really grateful, grateful for that moment. Well, and and I mean, it's it's the culmination of a hard fought career in Toronto. We know how difficult <laughs> it is for Black creatives to oh. carve out any form of success. Uh, you're somebody who, you know, like I said, my first introduction to you was actually as a co-host on uh, what was the name of that program that was on MTV Canada that you were that you oh were, the Hills uh, After Show. The but there were multitude there were multitudes of after shows. There's like the after show, the hills after show, the city after show, the everything. Oh my gosh, I used to love the hills. The hills yeah, was like too. one of the first like mainstreamy like reality you know, shows. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was really good. So, I mean, you're you're obviously a, a, a multidisciplinary artist as far as, you know, mm-hmm. you sing, you rap. Tell me, I, I was listening, you know, in preparation for the show today, I was listening to a lot of your releases. Uh, one of uh-huh. the ones that um, one of the ones that stood out uh, that I was like, yo, this is a bop. I forgot about hearing this for the first time. It was okay. the record. I think it's called. Um, I think it's called. Oh, what is, is it? Get it up. The, oh, I love Get Up. That's my oh, favorite. and I was like, as I was listening to that, I'm like, you are like Missy meets grace jones oh thank you that's like huge as far as like as far as your range as an artist you know what i mean and as a songwriter and you know i i you know going through your website i remember you know there was a quote where you talk about (laughs) how there was a point in your career in your early life where somebody actually discouraged you from becoming a singer that it was not something that Mm -hmm. you were destined to be but that how you started to listen to the internal voice inside of you Mm -hmm. uh and and that really kind of motivated you to to pursue your career and Mm -hmm. you spent a career doing doing uh doing music but you also Mm -hmm. what i think is most impressive about what you do is it's very selfless and that you started these um these platforms for up-and-coming artists back in 2008 the first one you did was intimate Mm -hmm. and interactive Mm -hmm. i actually performed at one of your one of your shows as you mentioned earlier in the show you actually had tory lanes (laughs) 
Tori mm-hmm. Lanes performed at one of your shows. So talk to mm-hmm. talk a little bit about about how that came about and that impact that, that those showcases had on the city. Um, well, I don't know if people really know this, but like prior to me doing that showcase, I was working at Circa and I was the assistant to the marketing director for almost like four years. So I had accumulated like, yeah, so I was responsible for getting all the black people in the club. (laughs) (laughs) Appreciate you. Right. Thank you. Like, I was just like, girl, get on, get on out here. Right. Or like, come on, come on. You know, who's going to be here. Neo, you want to go to VIP? Like that was me. So I had accumulated like a really massive guest list and a really massive party list of people. Um, And I had also learned a lot within that role. Like I learned how to fill up a club during the day. I learned how to, um, you know, I don't know, like uh, I learned how to process visas. I learned how to get people over the border. I learned how to book hotels, uh, you know, fill up a green room for for artists. Like I was responsible for all the behind the scenes for all the artists that were coming in and out of that club. And um, when the club shut down, I, you know, was really grappling with what to do with my life. And I wanted to mirror what I had seen at Circa within my own respective community. Mm. Um, And at the time, um, I was working with Lissa, DJ Lissa Monet. Mm. She had booked me as a uh, MC for Mm. her, her parties. And uh, essentially, she, we, me and her went on a, on a, on a college tour. So okay. I would MC and she would DJ and we would go like all, all across like Canada. It was really dope. Great, great. And then when it was done, uh, she was like, I really want to mirror this, this energy in like a, a nightclub. Like we should have like something like this, like a ladies night or something. You know, and we found this small lounge over on uh, Bloor and Ossington called Lambadina. Shout out to Lambadina. Elsa and mm. and uh, Jolie. They were the owners, Ethiopian uh, restaurant yep. and lounge. And the vibe that we got was not exactly a uh, party vibe. It was more of like an open mic vibe. Hmm. And so I was like, I think that this would be like better as like a showcase and she's like we know so many artists like let's put on a showcase and i was like Mm -hmm. i think that's a great idea so then that's how intimate and interactive came to be so it initially was a weekly and the first person and the first artist that was on stage was eric flowchild um and then after that i think it was andrina and then after that it was um Kim Davis, then after that it was Major One, then Tamika Charles, then heavyweight names, yeah, with a prioritization like of on on like a lot of women. And the beauty of the showcase was to never divide um, the older generation from the younger generation. I never wanted to thank you for that. that. Yeah, because I wanted them to be able to appreciate like the the legends that have come before us. You know what I mean? So like. Uh, I know Solitaire, when we had your night, you had a lot of young up and coming rappers that really looked up to you that were opening for you that were, they were just like, wow, this is such a privilege. I've watched yeah. you on much vibe, like, yeah. you know, and you don't really realize that like how many, um, you know, young marginalized people, like this is like a big opportunity for them. You know what I'm saying? So they saw it as like, that was their world. That was like 
you know it was like high school for us it was just like this is our this is our moment you know what i mean this so and you know like really you know tika we kind of reconnected in a Mm -hmm. in a significant way over the holidays and i'm just reflecting on how much you've done to contribute to the scene that has really kind of flown under the radar Mm -hmm. when you talk about like cultural influencers that Mm -hmm. really like put on for up and coming artists. So you grew intimate and interactive, turned into the known unknown. Mm -hmm. And then you also had an incredibly successful run with Bear Gal, the party series (laughs) created for and by black women. And Mm -hmm. like, like just selling out, uh, like where, where was, where did you have it? Was it Mod Club? It first was at Mod, well, it wasn't first at Mod Club. We started at um, Tattoo. That was right. the first one. It was that tattoo, and we didn't know what to expect. It was like uh, maybe nine, nine to ten ladies. That during the time, like uh, I was going through a lot of severe trauma, and uh, I was living with a friend, and he had a lot of women coming in and out of his apartment. And I was like, "Where are these ladies?" You know what I mean? And I just like, <laughs> and they were like, "Is Tika from MTV?" And I was like, "Leave me alone," you know. <laughs> Um, I was really, uh, during that time, I was super depressed, but the, the women that lifted me up and that elevated me were those ladies. And so I wanted to do something to celebrate them. I'm like, you guys are so funny, you know, like you guys are really, really like, uh, uh, just, just really dynamic. Um, and I had never seen, I had never seen, um, well, aside from the, like, when dance did nice and the Gallarama (laughs) flyers, you know, I'd never seen like, uh. (laughs) <laughs> party flyers that were done in kind of like a really um model-esque kind of way like showcasing the women of the community yeah. and i was like i think we have the most beautiful women in the world in toronto like i think that <laughs> no for real like i was yeah. like i think that we need to be on our own flyers and so you know set up photo shoot like uh, the first one with was with the hustle girl lissa and dj sophie jones i think it was and that was mm-hmm. that tattoo um, and all of the models were local women that I was just like, you're a regular lady, you work a regular job, but you're gorgeous. Like, can yeah. I put you on my flyer for beer? Yo, <laughs> you know, and they were like, what's that? And I'm just like, you know, let me just give you a bottle. Let me just, you know, take care of you. And, and, um, it just became a thing. And, and the first night completely sold out. It was over 500 people. Um, and then we just kept doing it and doing it and doing it. And it just kept growing and growing and growing. And then Listen. finally... It was at Phoenix, I think. And then Tika, yeah. man, like this, there's definitely not enough time to go into all this stuff, but, um, <laughs> you know, you, you know, again, you're doing phenomenal stuff. You've done phenomenal stuff and there's a lot Thank of you. stuff you've got coming up specifically futuristic nostalgia Friday, mm-hmm. February, the 23rd, uh, Friday, February, the third. So yes. talk a little bit about that and then, uh, um, and, and where people can, uh, what people can look forward to. Um, yeah, totally. Like, I just kind of realized over the, the span of doing a lot of curation that, like, my interpersonal politics, my own personal politics, like, people don't realize, like, when I was doing The Known Unknown, I was, I think, 23 when I started it. I'm now 38. Mm. Um, and so when it ended, I was 30. I didn't really have a lot of time to kind of, like, figure out who I was as a person. Um, and so I think that a lot of the things were representations of what we're missing from the community, but they didn't really represent my, my own politics. Mm. So I feel like futuristic nostalgia is really an amalgamation of all of these things, but it's really a priority on 
um, Black women. Like, I feel like we're really overlooked in this industry, especially the entertainers and the performers. Especially here um, in Canada. Especially, especially in Canada. Canada. And yeah. I want to be able to amplify these voices. Um, so, you know, it, it's not uh, exclusionary to other voices, but I really want to be able to, like, focus on the ladies. Um, so, yeah, it's a showcase. It's a performance showcase. The first headliners are this incredible Somali duo. They're called Faro. Um, they're from Rexdale. They're like amazing, beautiful ladies. Rexdale. And the sound is like done canal. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, people don't know I'm a, I'm a Rexdale cat still. Anyways, I digress. But like, <laughs> but, 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 but Albion and Martin Grove don't know. But like, it's just like, Kipling and Dixon. you know. Hey, come on now. Hey. Kipling Dixon. I just know. Oh. That's big. That's the ends for me. <laughs> okay, ready, 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 ready. I love it. Um, so, so this and it's yeah. happening on Friday, February the third, at a secret location. A and, secret uh, location. So you have to text the number. Go to my Instagram to get the gift, and uh, check out the number and and just text it, and, and you'll get access to the to the space. Well, uh, Tika, you are <laughs> you are our in person, our first in person ah. black owned spotlight, but, and but, our but, first. But. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, not our first black owned spotlight for the year, but per- yeah, you're, you're, you are black excellence. Thank you very much Thank for, you. for being on the show. But we've got one last segment. Okay. Um, we're going to pass the mic. Uh, are we going to, do we have, I don't even think we have time for sports. We are, yeah, we got, we got you one. Let's, let's skip sports. I'll just say yeah. real quick. We'll just say the, le- the, the uh, Raptors, I do believe they play today, five o'clock mm-hmm. against the Boston okay. Celtics. And Go the Raptors. Leafs, I think they play tonight at seven. On the road in Montreal. So that's all you guys okay. need to know. Toronto sports, but that's it. All right. Well, uh, we are we are we are. This epic show is going to be wrapped up with our last segment. Uh, we don't we don't know if we're going to get ratchet or rache, <laughs> but we're going to find out right now as Nina takes over for No Better Take. This is hashtags No Better Take with No Better Nina. Okay, Nina. Okay, so I saw a tweet that said, I really don't like too private of a relationship. I find it strange to not love your partner out loud. No posts, no flirting in the comments. You don't like or repost their stuff. Little stuff like that I don't like. Mm-hmm. What do you guys feel about posting and loving your partner publicly on social media? Uh, uh, I've done that. It's been bad. It's been bad. Why was it bad? Because because um women are bad mind, okay? Yeah. Like that's that's <laughs> glad you said it. I'm glad true. you said it. They are. Like and there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. It doesn't matter. And I'm the kind of person if I like somebody, everybody wants to like them. I'm just like, wow, like this is so bad. But I do think that like <laughs> I think it's important to kind of like maintain like privacy now, especially uh, like when you're hyper visible. Like you ha I think you have to. You yeah. have to protect your you have to protect your relationship unless I'm like committed, unless like, you know, you know, she or he put a ring on it. Then I yeah. don't think, hmm. I don't know. I, but I kind of like the incognito, like, like, me, like, like from behind the scenes of the game. That's how it's like, gotta not, be. Yeah, That's the yeah, only yeah, way. Yeah, I what, what is bad. that? Appe- what bad. is the appeal of 
publicly letting people know or it's like not to- an appeal to me <laughs> it's like it feels like if you're not posting i'm not saying you have to post my like post my arm or something no like- honestly i used to be like that and it, it ended in women just like draping oh, up this guy talk some sense into ortica but maybe it's, it's bad so- nina it's bad no, but i did it too but at the end of the day like, all i'm saying is like don't make it like it's like a secret. Like one of these. No, I tried here. that. I tried. I tried that girl. Like no, I tried but... to be incognito with it, and it was. It was not. No, they found him. The... They what? found his, his arm. It's hair, not even like, that. I know it's who that is. it's the fact of like, why are you afraid to show the world that you have a girlfriend or a boyfriend? Like it's like you're keeping it a secret mm. so you can, like this person said, so they can mm. flirt and cheat in peace. There is a difference. Like obviously, yeah. if someone's gonna cheat, they're gonna cheat. Trust but like, issues. I don't know. Like. Oh, I'm a I I'm the but, I know I'm a Scorpio too. Like I like when people love me out loud. Like I love yeah, that. Too. I love it so much. But I'm telling you, people are bud mine. Girl, trust me, I they know. They sit at home okay? and they they will scorn you. <laughs> Listen, I just I don't know. For me personally, I would like to be posted or at least comment on my stuff i'm the kind of person when i see people in love like most of like the people that i follow on instagram are like couples like those like instagram or like youtube couples but are like, there i love are there them. significant others posting comments on their posts too yeah, like saying, oh. yeah 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 but they they're in like committed relationships they're like like for instance larry lamb i love ling and lamb and like they post every single day like with one another they live so with each nauseating other. I would have to love that. So I've definitely, I've definitely seen. See, you're one of the bad mind people behind the scenes. <laughs> No, no, I'm not red eyed. I'm not trying to. I don't care about anybody's relationships or whatever. But this whole thing, like I've heard people getting into arguments about, oh, you didn't change the relationship status on your account, like why? And then that turns. I remember into a whole thing. that on Facebook. Come on, it's man. I love that. Is to take in. How yeah, ridiculous. It's I'm not saying post every day though. I'm not saying no. post me, but post me every once in a while, just so people know, like, bro, you have well, a girlfriend. One? Yeah. Like you know, I don't know. It. Like it's... I, I, you know, it's funny. I've seen I've seen accounts of like people that I know where the 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 woman would post all the time, and the guy wouldn't post never post at all. Like, like you, never, you don't never see post. her face at all on his profile, and he's all over her. Profile. I'm with it. Like I like I'm the kind of person, but it it would have to be like very committed. Like it would have mm-hmm. to be like okay, we're committing to each other. We're doing this. Like. You know what I'm saying? We have to do like some some serious behind the scenes like protection. You know what I mean? Like we're going out there with our boot. I, I guess it's a generational thing because to me, I like a relationship is for me and that person. As a matter okay. of fact, I would even say to her, don't post me at all. It's very scorpionic. I, this of has nothing to do with anybody. You know what I mean? If we get if we get caught by paparazzi and we're oh, like, no. you know, we're closed up, that's fine. But Bye. the whole idea of like living, like, you know, I already have a problem with posting myself on right. social media, much less like See, you know, social media. Hey, look at it's just not I'm your, happy. You know what it's I mean? not your like, vibe, but it's but like, very performative, completely Sorry, unnecessary, man. irrelevant complication made from social media for no reason. Yes, it's Let's not. Get- 
it's not real. Your relationship is comments. No, it's definitely real. Okay, look, this person said relationships and marriages were thriving just fine before, way before the pressure to perform for social media. To me, this sounds like an insecurity. But no, because back then you would still have a picture of your wife and your kids on your desk at work. And now that's just changed to a digital version. That was just for you, though. That was just for you. No, it wasn't. It was for your coworkers to see that you're married. No, no. That in that scenario, you'd be walking around the office showing everybody your picture. So like, hey, oh, so hey look here, look at my family. Can see that picture right no, up on you the guys are video. nuts. No, yeah, that was it was that was completely different. Completely and that, different. How many people are seeing that? The the the, the, the ten people. This, in this the is office. performative oh, stuff, and I only feel like maybe you only have like... ten people on social media. No mm-hmm. man, this whole I really don't like too private of a relationship thing kind of smells of insecurity a little to me. Man. Oh, it does, mm-hmm. man. It does. It does. I'm just saying. Someone said keep it private, not a secret. That's the key. That's what I yes. agree. Just keep there's it private, not a secret. There's just... a difference between privacy and secrecy. Yeah, That's like right. don't be putting all your fights and everything out there. I'm just saying, just every once in a while, let the world know you got a girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Don't talk to me if you don't want to post me ever. That's really? it. Oh, oh. She's she's wow. the Scorpio. She's the kind yeah. of Scorpio I like. So Tika, was, yeah. the, was that she's was that high grade Scorpio? Was that Ratchet or was that Rache? Definitely Rache conversations. I that think that this is, yeah 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 that's chill. I think that that's good. Like I I like to hear other people's opinions on like privacy versus secrecy in terms of like relationships. But like hmm. for me personally, I've I've done it and um <laughs> you know to advocate for it. Why Metellium want it? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well listen, uh Tika, first and foremost, yeah. man, thank, thank you so you. much for rocking with oh, us for this yes, entire show. You, you are a soldier. <laughs> uh, you are queen and we thank are you. grateful to have you as a guest on our show. And thank on behalf you. Thank of you for Nina and Reddy Fox, we want to thank y'all, the listeners, for rocking with us for our, our first guest appearance on the show. A lot of firsts on this show today. <laughs> And uh, we'll be back. And don't forget to look out for futuristic nostalgia happening at a secret February location. 3rd. On February, February 3rd. DM her on Instagram. Coming? DM. Sure. Huh? Why don't you come? I want you guys to come. Okay. I'll come. That's, I'm definitely that's Reddy's birthday. It is my it birthday. Is? Yeah. yeah. I'm going to get you a cake. Come pull up. <laughs> okay. All right. Oh, Done deal. Amazing. <laughs> amazing. <laughs> All right, yo. Follow Tika at Tika the Gift on Instagram for more information yeah. about that. And without that, without with further that, ado. <laughs> There you go. We are out. (laughs) Peace. Peace. Boop, 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 boop. All right, well, listen, no long talking because it's 12 o'clock right now and yeah, you, guy, it's I been an epic recording. So <laughs> <laughs> Tika, thank you so much for doing this, yeah, though. Like, you. Your it, energy yeah. really carried the show, yeah, honestly. If you good. were here, I think the three of us would have been... Straight like, goods, just, yeah. <laughs> bro, I was done as soon as we started. Oh, man, I'm destroyed, too. I've been, I haven't slept in two days, so like this Jesus. is... Yeah. I, on the other hand, I can go out to a club right now. Oh, okay. Get your, yeah. get your uh, two, two uh, glasses. But I'm not. Of, uh, I'm definitely going to smoke wine. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely going to smoke weed and go to sleep. That's what's going to happen right nice. now. Okay. But, um, well, yeah, thanks Tika. for having me, y'all. It was blessed. It was so fun. Great. No, no problem, You'll do it again? Thank you. You'll come back again? Yeah, for sure. Nice. All right. Y'all. Just invite me. <laughs> All right, y'all. Well, uh, podcast listeners, we appreciate y'all. And we'll be back next week with another hot episode or two. It done, Noah. Recording stopped.